This is that time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures in overanalyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Overmanga Cast. This week, we read The Adventures of the Orange Hillbilly by a petty amnesiac and... Ow! Okay, okay! This week, we read Dragon Ball Super, written by Akira Toriyama and illustrated by Toyotaro. We read from Chapter 1 to Chapter 42, the conclusion of the Tournament of Power arc. And with that, enjoy our, or at least my, pain and suffering. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Over Manga Cast. My name is Sam, and uh, we are here to... Uh, discuss something i'm sure uh, at least at least half of this cast does not want to be here for uh <laughs> we're here to discuss dragon ball super <laughs> uh, introduce yourselves everybody <laughs> i'm matt uh my experience with dragon ball is i watched all of the dragon ball original anime um, didn't watch a lot of z and i have seen two episodes of super and obviously i I'm not immune from the internet's memes of Ultra Instinct Shaggy. That is actually pretty much conclusively my experience with uh, the Dragon Ball Z franchise. It's fairly comparable to mine, except I also have like an encyclopedic knowledge of the abridged series. So that's that's really the only major difference. Okay, I'll go next. This is Jay, everyone. And my exposure to dragon ball i've seen all of um dragon ball the animated series and i've also watched all of dbz and i've seen a couple episodes of um dragon ball super um this is my first read through of the dragon ball super manga um and yeah i just you know was very grateful to be able to participate in this read-through because I know that, you know, DBZ is unquestionably one of the major mangas of our generation. So it was one of those things that, you know, there is a strong connection to just make sure that you are, it's, it's just one of those things that you just have to. You have to be have a part to. of. You have to be a part of to truly get the full experience of being in the mangaverse. And I don't want to be here. I know Dragon Ball very well. It is possibly my favorite. It is, I believe, my second favorite anything of all time. Like, not just manga, not just anime, but one of my absolute favorite stories. And... I've watched the anime, I've read the manga, I own all of both, and I hated Dragon Ball Super anime. I already hated parts of Dragon Ball anyway, because when the, when the author of the story doesn't want to write it anymore, and when he's forced to anyway and starts intentionally making it bad, that's maybe the sign you should just let it die, Toriyama. And uh, we read chapters 1 through 42 of Dragon Ball Super, getting all the way through the Tournament of Power. Uh, kicking off, though, it begins uh, after that part Jacob just alluded to, the end of the Boo arc from Dragon Ball Z. Is it real? It is real. And uh, 
uh, Dragon Ball Super kicks off with the Battle of Gods arc, which, okay. There's three versions of Battle of Gods. The first one was tolerable. Then the anime came out, and they managed to make it worse. And then the manga happened. And it's like the anime, but less, which somehow makes it actually worse. I'm wondering how you could have any complaints with the Dragon Ball's uh, manga, super manga version of it, because it takes, like, literally half a chapter. There's no content there. The pacing in this manga, it at least up until the Tournament of Power, is freaking supersonic. <laughs> I'd, I'd argue it, it chills out by around the future Goku arc. Or Goku Black. Goku Black. See, the thing is, that is such a bloated, confused mess that it is actually fast. It just feels so slow because it just never ends. We'll get there. Don't worry. And We will get like, there. The, the sort of hilarious thing is, as someone who absolutely adores the original Dragon Ball, one of the things that's really interesting about the series is that the anime is basically the reason why filler has a bad name because they adapted every single chapter of the dragon ball manga into an episode even if that made absolutely no sense which means the anime is hideously bloated and super slow on, on the other hand in the manga akira toriyama rather famously has said that he doesn't like writing anything that isn't a plot point and because of that it meant that if there was any kind of, like, character development, it basically happened off-panel with a little, like, you know, narration box explaining that it happened. And there's a bunch of stuff in the manga that's just straight-up skipped over. And the super manga, funnily enough, this time it's the adaptation rather than the other way around, but the super manga keeps with that the anime is way too... or the anime is way too slow-paced and the manga is way too fast-paced. In all fairness, to defend the manga... I do believe the manga, for at least these first, like, eight or ten chapters, was playing catch-up. Because I don't... The manga came out after the anime. So I believe, like, the first couple of arcs that cover the movies is very much like a race to catch up to where it is. So that it wasn't trying to sell people an old story is definitely how it, like, feels pacing-wise to me. It also assumes that you've watched the anime. Oh, no, yeah, you have to have watched the movies at the very least to understand what's going on. But it's like, it's also different continuity too. So the stuff that they skip in the manga is directly different from the stuff from the anime. So even then, it's still a confused mess onto itself regardless. By getting into the actual content of the arc, uh, it does introduce us to two of my favorite characters, uh, Beerus, the god of destruction, and his attendant angel, Whis. Oh my god, I love Beerus. Beerus is... He feels very Dragon Ball. Um, Shockable shocks, I agree. Yeah, like, he's he is 100%. He is a weird cat creature who is a god <laughs> of everything, has infinite power, and is super lazy about it, and loves food. Like, that... that is everything top. he does feels like, not Dragon Ball Z, feels like Dragon Ball. And honestly, if Beerus wasn't such a merry freaking Sue when it comes to being powerful, with how powerful he is. Is he a merry Sue? He never does. He's always told he can't do anything in the plot. So he's just, yes, I'm very strong. In fact, I might be the strongest of the gods of destruction. But can I actually do anything? No. One of the most important themes of Dragon Ball is 
is perfection is a weakness and a limitation. The idea that a god is somehow more powerful than all of the characters and continues to be all the way up to the point, up to the tournament of power, all the way through this, the fact that he's still stronger than everybody breaks one of the core themes of Dragon Ball. And the thing that I love most about Dragon Ball, him just being that powerful basically ruins my favorite part of the franchise. And that infuriates me. I love Beerus as a character because he's really funny. And he he's very much in the spirit of Dragon Ball. Like, especially the movie version of Beerus is an absolute delight. But yeah. the fact that he's just, he's just insta-win everything out of fucking nowhere. That's dumb. That breaks the narrative. Why are you writing a Dragon Ball story if you're not even going to try to make it a Dragon Ball story? The, we should talk about the reason that Beerus does show up, and that is because he's been napping for a couple decades, but he had a dream about someone who could give him a good fight, uh, a being known as the Super Saiyan God. Is that the plot in the manga? Because <laughs> I don't think it says he, Beerus he, has been nap napping in the manga. I think he's currently... Yes, I would say that arguably, and this is also to go back as to like the extraterrestrial villain even in OPM like he had a dream or a vision of someone who would give him a proper challenge and that's what you know prompted them to revive and to act in the in the movie it's made explicitly clear that he's been napping forever and you actually see him wake up in the anime they cut to him already being awake and just explaining that and then in the manga they cut even more to where it's like half of an offhand comment implies that that's what happened the first time we see beerus he's doing his job he's and already destroying stuff up yes yeah he's doing his job and because they mentioned hey do you want this super garlic soup or something he's like Super soup. Wait, Super Saiyan. God, Super Saiyan God. Right. I remember that dream I had now. Oh, yes, I remember now. I need to go find this guy to fight. Bye, everyone. See you next page as we do more plot every single pant. Like, it's ridiculous. It is so quickly paced. But, um, and, and the, the crazy thing, uh, is well, Whis is able to instantly, you know, locate the Saiyans. Uh, first finding Goku on King Kai's world. Uh, Beerus goes there, they fight. Goku goes Super Saiyan 3, handily gets his ass beat by Beerus. Uh, they they learn there's more Saiyans on Earth and they go down to Bulma's birthday party. <laughs> which the manga uh, even says, Hey, if you want to see what actually happened at her birthday party, watch the movie. <laughs> We're not gonna cover it. It, it like it's the anime that has the cruise ship they're following because like in the in the movie it was at Capsule Corp and that actually allowed it allowed Beerus to like do things and make him an endearing character and then the anime put it on a cruise ship so they couldn't actually do things and then they wait. just teleport there in the freaking wait so the, the manga shows the cruise ship which I guess is from the anime but the editors know in mine said specifically watch the movie oh my god really yeah that's really <laughs> funny <laughs> everything about this is wrong now, well, here's the thing in all fairness if you're creating a manga and you are because here the thing is this is not toriyama making this, this is toyotaro 
if you're being told you need to cover the plot from what happened from the end of the Dragon Ball Z manga, fine. You would obviously try and rush through uh, Battle of the Gods because that obviously happened years before you were told to make this. Because Battle of the Gods became canon with Super deciding it wanted to be a thing. And then... Which is hilarious because Super does so many things that locks it out of being canon. I don't, I don't think that's how canon works. I think, unfortunately, Toriyama gets to decide that. If it actively conflicts with the text, it can't be canon. Well, never become a Bible, never become a Bible scholar if that's your definition of canon. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's a whole other can of worms. No, I've never taken anything Akira Toriyama has said. Like I normally fall into the death of the author camp. But Akira Toriyama in particular is a petty amnesiac and will change his mind on things on a whim. So I have never taken anything Akira Toriyama has said at face value because he's been wrong about his own stuff before multiple times. Anyway, let's let's cut into literally the only thing that happens is Beerus appears at the party. We assume things have been going on beforehand. We don't get told that in the manga. And he it's goes, hilarious because like one of the few parts I liked from that was they actually extend the Beerus versus Vegeta fight. And that's actually a good like that's a good fight. No, I like that. in the manga? Yeah, in the manga, yeah. they, they extend it and it's an actually good fight. And then Beerus activates his Mary Sue powers and says, no, we're not allowed to have fun in this manga because it's super. Well, if we're going to talk about Vegeta, let's talk about. Uh, the best fight that happens really early on is Bulma goes up and slaps Beerus and then in another in a separate panel gets backhanded to the ground at which point the fight between Bulma and Beerus being two panels long is double the length of the amount of panels they put to explaining what happened in Resurrection F yes <laughs> oh my god I'm just saying so, should not have broken up her party <laughs> But we actually do get a really good Vegeta moment then because he is very much afraid of Beerus because I think we get the flashback to when he was a child and Beerus inserted himself into the story. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's as retarded in the other two versions, but they do explain in detail what is implied in the manga. Yeah, and I, that's fine. That, I got all I needed to from that background scene was, oh, obviously Beerus is a threat. He threatened his father. Vegeta at least acknowledged his father was strong. And what happens is he's very much afraid of Beerus up until he backhands Bulma. And then he goes, you do not touch my Bulma. And then proceeds to like attack violently this person he was very much afraid of. Oh, yeah. Because Vegeta is a family. He man. goes hard in the paint on Beerus for a couple of seconds. And honestly, can I, can I just say, I know we're going to discuss favorite characters later, but Vegeta is 110% my favorite character in the entirety of the super manga. Absolutely. Oh, no, Vegeta actually got his Absolutely. character development from the rest of the series. <laughs> Goku and Beerus uh, get into a fight because they use the Dragon Balls and Shenron is like... Uh, they skip that too. I was about to say that didn't happen in the manga. Explain like 45 minutes of the movie and three episodes of the anime. If you don't want to do it, why are you doing this? Yeah, so anyway, they, they summon Shenron. They're like, how do we make Super Saiyan God? And he's like, no, I I think I think in the manga, literally Weiss just tells them how to be Super Saiyan God. No, they summon a dragon like in the movie. Oh. In the yeah, they show up summoning the dragon. And he's like, well, you need five Saiyans. We've only got four Saiyans, but Gohan and Videl made baby. Oh, okay. 
with the baby, st- the baby's still in the womb. That means it's extra innocent and pure hearted. <laughs> Bullshit. Can we go into the implication that Videl had Pan go Super Saiyan inside her womb? Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was in both the movie and the anime, but I know at least one of them had uh, Videl's hair turn gold too. I definitely don't think that happened in the manga. It did not happen in the manga, no. And I'm not surprised you missed them summoning Shenron as well, because it was literally one tiny panel in the corner, because again, it was three narration boxes to explain 45 minutes of the movie and like three episodes of the anime. Well, don't worry, because in the Dragon Ball Super manga, Shenron getting summoned in a single panel and never mentioned again happens, I think, three times. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, so Goku and Beerus get into their fu- their god v god fight. I like the idea that after Buu Saga, where you have Majin Buu, who is stronger than all the Kais, for there to be another oh, threat. Weaker than Cell. The power scaling is so screwed up. Boo isn't even that strong. The only reason he was a threat was because he constantly regenerated because he isn't supposed to exist. Kid Boo is all told constantly that he's super strong because he's like evil concentrated into four. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but they change Boo's backstory all the time. And it doesn't change the fact that Cell would still dumpster Boo if he didn't constantly regenerate. I doubt that severely. Uh, either way, it's that's wholly beside the point. That wasn't in what we read. <laughs> yes. So, um... I don't think read Boo. I don't want to we, read Boo. We have Goku versus Beerus. Um which apparently is exhibiting so much power that it's like shaking apart the fabric of the universe or some shit, (laughs) according... Funnily enough, not in the movie. That was in the anime, though. Never gets explained or brought up again, because super. God versus a god, I can only imagine. It's what happens when you get to that next level of power, which is having god key, which isn't... God key makes no sense. Because the thing is, the Kais don't have God they Key do inherently. Sometimes. They do sometimes. But it, it is not a requirement of their position. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. One of the biggest problems with Super, God Key's existence only ever exists when they say it does. And if gods have God Key, that means Kaiosama has God Key, which means Goku would not be able to sense his presence, which means he could not have teleported the self-destructing cell to Kaiosama's planet. That is one of the many things that breaks canon. Jacob, Jacob, that happened back in the Cell Saga. That doesn't exist anymore. We're talking about Super. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for establishing my point. <laughs> Super uh, cannot be canon. It, unfortunately, I think it's more canon than Cell at this point. Anyway. <laughs> so, as is most things in Dragon Ball Super, the uh, Goku versus Beerus fight ends up becoming a bit of a plot cul-de-sac because it just kind of ends when Goku gets his ass beat and Beerus is like, yeah, I'm not going to destroy the Earth anyway. Screw it. The stakes I threatened weren't real. And this is another case where you have the three versions of this plot line, and each one that came out subsequently is worse. Because in the movie, it was actually super clever. Not only did we get a really freaking good fight between uh, Goku as a Super Saiyan and Beerus, and like, I love that fight. That's one of, that's an absolutely spectacular fight that I'll just 
watch you know a clip of it on YouTube uh, all the time. We lose that in the in the anime, and in the in the movie, Beerus says or Beerus says I'm going to destroy Earth now, and he blows up a rock, and it's like technically he destroyed Earth, he destroyed part of the ground, and like that is like a way of saving face and diffusing the situation was kind of clever. I liked that. Um, that is not present in the anime, and like. And it's not present in the manga either. He just decides not to and, and he screws off. They have some explanation in the anime where it's like he claims to be tired, but then Whis is like, you weren't really tired. You just didn't want to blow up the earth and Beerus smiles, which is like, that's dumber than what we got in the movie, but I'll take it because this was already tiresome to get through anyway. And then he just literally turns on his heel and leaves in the manga. There's no explanation. By the way, there's other universes. Bye. I love I love manga Beerus because he very much does not care about his job, does not care about saving face, just wants to eat good food and occasionally have to destroy things. He is I love manga Beerus. Manga Beerus is amazing. Anyway, we get revealed that there is a a stage of Super Saiyan God, which is inherently just at some point in the past Saiyans discovered they could fuse their power together to unlock godhood among their chosen i guess it doesn't get explained a lot it's a really crummy exigency yes it's like hey it implies that other races have their own ways of being like oh well there's a lot of no, it doesn't imply that it's just saiyans can do this now because the plot needs it how does it not imply that other it implies that a mortal race can ascend to godhood which is also implied by the fact later on we get all the gods of destruction which are a inherently mortal races that got strong enough to be gods of destruction because they're not all the same race like the angels or the kai are it 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 shows that the god of destruction is an inherited title no the various races uh hairless cat robot clown well in all fairness the robot is piloted by another hairless yeah, yeah. Yeah. we do have a robot person later but yeah but like that i don't mind it's lazy a bunch of the world building happens in the background and doesn't really matter because it's dragon ball world building so it's all this is cool and exaggerate like i'm not expecting a lot from it it's okay it justifies the story they need to tell of, oh, we need to go a level higher, let's make up a level. And in a vacuum, I'm fine with that, which is conveniently how I experienced this. So Super Saiyan God, I don't care about because I'm like, oh, obviously they need to go to the next level of power that makes everyone leagues beneath them. Not a vacuum to me. Super Saiyan means something. Nobody knows what Super Saiyans are. And it infuriates me. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a multiplier on power. Times two power. Times ten. There is, there is the pure mechanical thing. Times 50 for Super Saiyan, by the way. There is a mechanical aspect of Super Saiyan to what it does to characters with, within like the universe itself. There is theming to Super Saiyan. It is genuinely beautiful. And Super Saiyan 3 already completely destroyed the sanctity of Super Saiyan. What you're saying is it's not, super, it's not Super's fault. 
No, I mean, Dragon Ball was already ruined before Super. My problem with Super is it somehow manages to make everything worse because Super Saiyan, God, like, gods don't mean anything to Dragon Ball characters. Gods were left in the dust a long time ago. That's part of the point. Being perfect is a weakness. In all fairness, Beerus, he's portrayed as perfect, but, like, in the context of the lore... He's not perfect. Like, there are still things he's striving to. He's just got tired of reaching higher and higher. They literally just pulled that out of their ass for Ultra Instinct and nothing else. Because that's never brought up until that point. I know. I'm aware if you just shut down things that disagree with you, your point is very good. But... <laughs> but he's not presented that way until the very end! Because this is uh, this is an adaptation of the anime, and they weren't going to go past the Tournament of Power. Well, we also do get told that Weiss trains with Beerus. Like, that's always been a thing, is Weiss is there to train him. White, Beerus just is lazy, and that's part of his character from the very beginning of... He achieved great power, and now he kind of... He hit a plateau, and he's just like, I'm cool with this, which is... Kind of where we get with, I'm not going to talk about Gohan, because we've still got all of the Tournament of Destroyers to go through. Before we get too deep into the Tournament of Power, we have to do the Tournament of Destroyers first, because uh, Beerus's twin brother, Champa, uh, is looking for the Super Dragon Balls. Can we go over how Champa's introduced in the manga, and they, they just throw panels of him and his oh angel in between the scenes of Battle of the Gods? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it makes it completely unreadable. Yeah, like Goku and Beerus are fighting, and just it's and they cut to Champa and Vados just buzzing around Universe Seven. Like, now where are those damn Dragon Balls? And the best part is they have him bump into uh, minions of Frieza, and they're like, "Huh, we lost another planet. We're gonna have to revive Lord Frieza." And then Champa blows them up, and then they skip that arc. Yeah. Yeah. But they foreshadow something that they don't even do. Resurrection F is entirely skipped over. We finish with the Battle of Gods, and we cut to um, uh, Lord Beerus' planet where Goku and Vegeta are training. They're in their base form, and they're just, you know, going around punching each other. And Vegeta goes Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. Uh, Goku transforms to Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan, and they both collectively go, yeah, no, that's way too much of a mouthful. We're just going to call it... I love how they mock the official name yeah. for it, for how stupid... Goku bites his tongue. It's amazing. I Super mocks itself. It knows it's bad. And Whis is like, hey, it turns your hair blue. Why don't you just call it blue? And then uh, we get the single panel saying, hey, by the way, they fought Frieza and he resurrected. <laughs> that was the thing that happened. Moving on. They discovered Ooh. this power during that fight. We're not going to show it. Let's move on. We're not going to show the arc that we explicitly foreshadowed and broke up the previous arc's flow to show you. So this is when uh, Beerus realizes that Champa is running around his universe and he's like, oi, brother, what the fuck are you doing here get back in your own house because we have discovered the 12 universes and champa is the god of destruction of universe 6 which is twin to universe 7 in a way i love the fact that this is clearly ripped off from that one fan manga that one like tournament of all the alternate timeline fan mangas this goes all the way back to like the original like creation of super 
all the way back however many years ago it was when Battle of Gods came out. But like, there's this one really, really popular like Vegito fights Broly fan um, uh, fan manga. And like the whole multiple universe thing is basically lifted directly from that. Yeah, so there are 12 universes and the universe is numbered one through 12. And the ones that add up to 13 are paired universes that are basically twinned of each other with slight differences. So universe six is like the universe seven that we know, but like the Namekians are a darker green and all the Saiyans are twinks. <laughs> God, it's true. <laughs> all right. You said it. Not me. It's true. Have you looked at Kaba? <laughs> so it makes, actually, no, we get a, we get a Saiyan from that universe in this fight. I'm fine with Kaba because Kaba at least gives the justification that the Saiyans of universe six decided to find peace. Okay, that's a hilarious moment to me because this is something that I noticed. And I don't really remember if the anime made this mistake too. I don't care. But the thing that I noticed was Kaba is introducing himself to Vegeta and Goku. And he says something to the effect of, um, uh, yes, we're, we're uh, the Saiyans in our universe is a warrior race, but we don't conquer other planets. We fight to defend other planets. And I'm like... You've literally just met them for the first time. They have said not said word one to you. How do you know that their universe is Saiyans or Conquerors? You are explicitly not told about them yet. It's almost as if he's giving exposition for the audience using information he shouldn't know. Because this is written by monkeys. Or Saiyans, I guess. They'd probably be pretty bad authors as well. I don't. I don't know. I. I'm willing to hand wave that by like obviously the Saiyans of their. It. It's. It's the manga, and also I'm willing to go. Well, maybe they were a warrior race, but have since decided to switch gears. I'm fine with that. That's a good enough explanation. I also feel like there was also a little bit of there that it was given the certain circumstances that they were exposed to. At least my interpretation was there were certain external factors that kind of persuade them to be more of a combative race. I think that has something to do with, like, one of the other characters that's introduced in this arc, Frost. Yeah. He is getting way more stuff in the um, anime. And, like, one of the things about Frost is, because it's, like, in, in the original, in, like, the original series, Frieza met the Saiyans, and that's when the Saiyans started to become planet pirates. Like, they got, yeah. like, press-ganged into being Frieza's, uh, part of Frieza's army, but they also, like, they had just become spacefaring, met Frieza, and it's like, Frieza's like, okay, s conquer and sell me planets, you know, I'll let you, you know, I'll let you live and give you food. Um... Whereas Frost is the Universe 6 counterpart to Frieza, and Frost's thing in the anime, which is basically entirely dropped in the manga, is that he's a fake ph philanthropist. He, under the table, secretly starts wars, and then he's the, he's the good Samaritan who comes in and, like, saves everybody and is showered with gifts and rewards for stopping the war that he secretly started. So the whole thing about him being all, like, courteous and genteel until it's revealed that he was actually a cheater all along. Um, that was way more built up in the anime. And also, I think in the anime, the reason why the Saiyans are like the defenders of justice or whatever is because they work with, 
you know, good guy Frost without realizing that he's actually the one like profiting off of all the wars by double by, you know, double dealing under the table. I think we get enough of that in the manga to justify what the story that's being told. I, I, I don't feel we lose out on that. Yeah, we don't we don't really need much more than what the manga gives us, which and we're we're really skipping a couple of good things here to get to Frost because there is actual quality in the Tournament of Destroyers. It's the one part that's actually good. Like so, so the whole reason that this the whole reason this is happening is because the Super Dragon Balls, planet-sized version of the Dragon Balls, which summon Super Shenron and are capable and don't have any restrictions on a wish that they can grant. Uh, the seven of them are scattered between universes six and seven, and Champa wants them for some reason. And Beerus is like, you keep coming into my house, you're not getting my Dragon Balls. All right, I guess we'll just fight over it. But since Champa and Beerus can't fight one another because they'll annihilate everything if they do, they hold this tournament where they choose five champions. So on the universe seven side, we have Goku, Vegeta, Majin Buu, Piccolo, and... Monaka. Monaka, right. The strongest fighter. Yeah, yeah, Manaka, Universe Seven strongest fighter. How dare you talk down on Manaka, the strongest fighter in our universe? Not gonna lie, I'm not particularly threatened by Manaka. Yeah, Goku's number two behind him. Uh, so they hold a written test because they don't. There's a no killing rule, and they don't want some bloodthirsty numbnut to go in and do the fighting. Which the written course, test is suggested by Vegeta, by the way. Yes, suggested by Vegeta. Uh, Majin Buu instantly fails. Instantly and fails. So they lose. So they lose one of their competitors to Vegeta suggested. And like this is funny. I like this. And then Goku almost fails too. Yeah, that was that was hysterical. The thing is, I don't like how Goku is flanderized as an idiot because he's not an idiot. I personally think he's actually autistic, but I I think I think old school Goku also would have failed a written test like original Dragon Ball Z. He's very much not intellectually intelligent, I would say. He does, but I also can see Goku is not having the attention span for a written test. So, and actually, I was going to say, <laughs> as much as I don't like him getting Flanderized to be an idiot, Goku not doing well on a written test because it's not his... Because I, I, I honestly think he's autistic. I really do. And um, he wouldn't do well in that sort of thing. You know, he do you think he's autistic or that he just has ADHD? I think he's autistic because he is a G a legitimate full on genius when it comes to fighting. He is dedicated to it. He is an expert in it. He loves it. But he doesn't understand the practicum behind the fighting. I mean, he's admitted that that he's not like like I understand what you're saying, but I would say like he doesn't really. He full on does. Like they talk about it all through the fight with uh between Goku and Cell about how Goku has like technical mastery, like his his, his uh guard is without uh you know his his guard is without flaw and I feel like, like a lot of that is completely glossed over, like in Super. Like in Super, I would say I don't see him having any Super strategic. Doesn't have Goku. Super has an orange hillbilly with a Goku. All right, that's. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a definite like a divergence between like DBZ Goku is different from Super Goku. It's very obvious. You. I mean, like, it makes you want to bash your you. head in. It's just like this is not the same Goku. Thank you. Oh my gosh, Jay. Thank you. That is what I have been saying 
All along. He's an imposter. Who is this? Jay, you don't understand what you've done. Please stop. Don't feel <laughs> an imposter. Giving, Who are you? I'm a confirmation bias. <laughs> a little bit of backstory for me personally. My mother was a special ed teacher. I've met some of her students, and I think Goku's on the spectrum because he talks and acts the way that some people who are mildly autistic talk and act. He doesn't people very like he's a bit he's a bit more like friendly than most people on the spectrum, but like the way he can't understand other people really does imply to me that. But I mean, he, that's why they call it a spectrum. I mean, everyone's yeah. on the spectrum. Everyone is. By mm. just. So that is again, wholly beside the point. Um, <laughs> getting into uh, the actual tournament itself where we get some, we get some really good fights. Uh, namely the first one of Goku versus Xi Jinping. I mean, Potamo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. Like, that's such a Dragon Ball fight, too. I mean, it's happened before because that's the fight in Muscle Tower. I mean, that's differently, so I can't really complain. He's a, he's a giant Winnie the Pooh knockoff who ate the gum gum fruit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's sprawling you. You can't, the punch. And my favorite part of that is just how entirely carefree Goku is in it. He 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 can't get good he can't get good punches in because he's like, oh wait, I ate too much. I haven't digested yet. Let me do some warm ups, and he starts doing laps around the around the arena, just running circles on him. And Patama's just you know watching him go around him like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I am out of my depth. <laughs> And Goku then proceeds to ring him out by grabbing him by the feet and hauling him to the edge. Like, that's just such a Dragon Ball thing. Like, I love Goku versus Butamo. If Super was nothing but that, I'd tolerate it. Like, that was a actually really good... Uh, really good fight, a yeah. Really good fight, a really good sequence. Yep. That first one was very much a Dragon Ball fight in that it's Goku being insanely overpowered, but his opponent has a weird condition about his body that would otherwise make him unbeatable, but conveniently we're in a martial arts tournament rule set, so I'm just going to move you out of the ring and not worry about it. Well, because it's like the other <laughs> the other time he fought someone sproingy that you can't punch because this character also... it The... the I think he's the Jiggler is his name from Muscle Tower. And it's like, you know, he's got this gimmick where it's like you, you can't punch him. So, oh, I know I'll use the Kamehameha. That doesn't work either. And in the case with the Jiggler, he uh, Goku punched a hole in the um, in the side of Muscle Tower and let all of the, you know, northern mountain winter winds in to, to freeze him. And then he could punch him into into shards. Whereas in this case, it's a tournament. I'm way stronger than you, so I will just brute force drag you out of the ring. That's a perfectly valid strategy. It doesn't matter that I can't damage you. That's that's so quintessentially Dragon Ball to me. Yeah, and we go into the next one uh, immediately after that as Goku handily wins. And it's uh, Goku versus Frost, who is Universe 6 Frieza. Uh, we already got into Frost's backstory, so we're just going to talk about um, my favorite bit, where he walks in and, you know, the classic... Uh, it's not really base form, but the classic first form Frieza. Um, and Goku's like, all right, quit screwing around. Just show me your final form. 
And then he and then he transforms into the alien ripoff. Yeah, the xenomorph. And then Goku even kind of gives him a. I don't think that's right, but I also don't feel like verbally arguing with you over it because <laughs> that's kind of embarrassing. I guess I'll fight. It's like the one time Goku shows up is during the Tournament of Destroyers. That's that's also very Goku. It's just that's a great Goku. It's probably one of the few times I actually enjoyed Goku as a character in this entire read we did was when because him, it was the real Goku. <laughs> because he basically just goes, I I I'm not a hundred percent sure you're lying to me because Goku isn't that intuitive to people. He's he's also never seen that form before. Yeah, and actually, someone points out that that was before Goku showed up. Yeah, he's like, I think you're, I, I'm not sure this is true, but I have no way to verify, which makes sense. He has no way to verify. But mostly this was for your benefit from the beginning. So I guess we can just do this. <laughs> if you're lying to me, you're going to regret it because I'm just going to, you know, kick your face in out of the ring. Um, also, I don't know how emphasized it is in um, the manga, but I know in the anime, there's a pretty funny clip of Vegeta, final four, my ass. <laughs> oh, I think Vegeta says exactly that. <laughs> Does in he panel. say that in the manga too? Something along those lines, it's the bench is all going like, that's uh, that's not his final form. <laughs> it's not it. Piccolo <laughs> says something about like, wow, that brings back bad memories. Oh, yeah, because that. Because uh, third form Frieza bodied him, yeah. There's a there's a really good um uh, at the end of at the end of each of the chapters we get like a little side panel of um like uh something that couldn't fit in. It's like just an extra drawing, and the one for around these chapters is Krillin who is watching this, holding his stomach, going like, "Man, I'm sure glad they didn't do uh form two with the giant horns because he got gouged." <laughs> right. Ugh. Actually, this is a this is something else that I wanted to point out. So, like, there's stuff like there's this like one full chapter is just them going to the tournament of destroyers. That was completely wasted. That was just dead panel time. If you're going to do stuff, because like you mentioned the bench, and like there's the Galactic King who never shows up again. He's he's important because he's a reference to the character. Like, there's so much of this that is calling back to Space Patroller Jiken or something? Or is it a spinoff manga? There, they, or, there was a spinoff manga that came before Battle of Gods, and Battle of Gods referenced it, but it wasn't released in the United States until, like, five years after the freaking movie came out. Yeah, who the hell is Jocko? Like, so Jocko just, for example, comes out of nowhere. But, like... Stuff like with the Galactic King and Jocko, because like Jocko at least like okay, so particularly I'm talking about the time wasted on Galactic King in particular because this is just a microcosm of a writing issue that is a through line through this entire thing. Because uh, despite all of my nerd rage, I'm going to try to approach this academically. You waste time on the Galactic King who does not matter. Jocko matters because he actually comes up as a plot point in the fight between uh go with uh Frost. But in the case of the Galactic King, he does not matter. Why would you waste time on the Galactic King and and like extraneous stuff like that instead of doing the the resurrection F stuff? Why are you wasting 
you want to talk about wasted time, forget the Galactic King, because he mostly just appears in the background of things and as a side character. Can we talk about the fact that Jocko and Bulma went on an adventure to figure out how to use the Super Dragon Balls? Not, where, and not then, how to use them, how to find them. How to find so. There was a plot called the sack about building a radar. Then there was a plot called the sack about how the radar didn't work. So then there was a plot called this. Uh, about how to find them. And then she gets told how to use them then. But none of that matters because at no point in the entire thing we read does anyone other than an angel make a whiss on the super dragon ball. Yeah, just relaying what the person who actually, you know, is earned the wish is saying. In the manga, the angels know how to use the Super Dragon Ball, so it's like, this didn't need to be explained. So instead of having the chapter where they go to the tournament, instead of having that ridiculous plot called a sack, why not just do Resurrection F? You foreshadowed it. If you were going to skip it anyway, why didn't you just cut that bit with Champa? It didn't do anything else the other three asides for Champa did. So why not just cut it? If you want an actual answer that when I was looking up, because I was very confused, why is Resurrection F, F just skipped? Um, apparently, if I'm going to wager a guess, it's because uh, Toyotaro already had to do a manga version of Resurrection F for the movie. Because he was already on board to do that. So he has, there is a full manga version of Resurrection F the movie. Then why not That's just not put included that in the super manga? Well, because it's why released not? monthly, and you'd be having an entire month of something just reprinting something that has already been released. At the very least, for the volumes, it should have been put back in. No, no, yeah, you, you should be like, hey, at this point, go read this separate volume of manga, because otherwise, you're skipping where Super Saiyan Blue, which is arguably the most important transformation of this section of chapters we read, where it came from. Because otherwise, yeah. this is just their new power they use all the time. Uh, so getting getting back to the actual getting back to the tournament of destroyers, uh, Jake Jacob did mention that Jocko was plot critical in this because uh, Frost does eventually go to the final form, the base form, deep lore, whatever you want to freaking call it, um, and. Goku ends up losing. He just randomly faints in the middle of the fight after taking a hit or after blocking a hit from uh from from Piccolo is then sent in next and my poor boy Piccolo they just shit on him the entire time they characters in the manga tell Piccolo he's worthless and I'm like and not though he's like the third strongest one there I mean yes yes uh you're right cuz Majin Buu got Majin Buu is told he can't participate and then does not appear in the background at all Apparently Majin Buu is, like, apparent, like Fat Buu in particular, apparently he is extremely unpopular in Japan. Um, and okay. so they kept trying to give Majin Buu screen time to boost his popularity, and people, like, in the popularity polls just rioted. They didn't... I actually really like Fat Buu, but also I'm, I'm aware power-wise, he's actually kind of weak for Dragon Ball Z. Because that's because that's because a lot of the power from Boo was in the evilness and Fat Boo doesn't have any of that. The only reason that Fat Boo was a threat was because of the regeneration. You could turn people into chocolate. Yeah. So um, Piccolo also ends up getting bodied by Frost, though he puts up a good fight. 
Um, and it's at this point that they're sending Vegeta and it's like, oh man, Frost is rinsing our entire bench and Vegeta's the last one here. What do we do about this? Uh, because we haven't mentioned Monaka. Monaka is a rando with giant nipples that Beerus Excuse claimed me. is strongest. Monaka is the strongest fighter in the universe. I have not seen any proof otherwise because I've only read the manga. And the manga told me he's the strongest. Beerus explicitly states, oh crap, Vegeta's the last one and Monaka doesn't count Excuse because me. I just lied about it. Beerus doesn't know what he's talking about. Beerus has never known what he's talking about. So until I get definitive proof, Monaka is the strongest and was just too busy to go to the tournament of power. He, he was anyway. preemptively sick. Yep. So, so Universe Seven's entire bench is getting rinsed by Frost. And it's at this point that Jocko, with his amazing super eyes, is like, hey, wait a minute. This is a no weapons tournament. What's that in your arm, Frost? It's totally not a poison needle. It's part of my body that you put there. That That is very clearly attached. Yes. No, we have one of you in Universe 7, and that is not part of your biology. Well, he, he does get disqualified. Then he gets Vegeta's disqualified, but Vegeta's like, no, you're not disqualified. I'm going to eliminate you. Yeah. And I really... Again, we're comparing the manga and the anime here, but I much prefer the anime version where Vegeta immediately goes Super Saiyan and wallops Frost out of the arena in a single punch, which was glorious. He plays around with him a bit longer in the manga. And I, I really just preferred watching Frost get one shot. But then you miss Vegeta going Super Saiyan God, which he does just to show, because he he's just like... Vegeta does that in the manga to be like, hey, you know Goku, that guy you beat? He never even went to half his full power. And he's like, I don't believe you. Watch what I can do without even trying. And he's like, what? And then proceeds to body him, which I think is also equally Vegeta in that he wants to show someone why they're weak. He's not content just one-shotting them. He wants them to be aware he's stronger. That Yeah, yeah, I buy that. Uh that's another interesting thing, though. Um, we actually get to see Super Saiyan God Vegeta in the manga. He does not that he does not appear in the anime. He does not do that until the Broly movie. In, yeah, I believe in the Broly the movie and this section of the manga is the only times Vegeta. Went now, he also God. he also goes God in the Goku Black arc, but we're not there yet. So at this point, Vegeta is the one who starts going on an absolute tear through Universe 7's roster uh, after he defeats Frost. Uh, next up is Kaba, the Universe Six Saiyan, who doesn't know what any of this Super Saiyan stuff is. Why did he? Why did he turn blonde? Why are you a redhead now? And Vegeta's like, "What the f do you mean you don't know what a Super Saiyan is?" Well, yeah, I, I, one of the cool things about this, I love Vegeta's relationship with Kaba. In a better story, these two would have way more screen time together. In a better mm -hmm. relationship, Vegeta would have this with his kid brother. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I am not 100% sure if um, Tarvel is still canon or not, because I know he was at one point. And again, I have an uncle. You had an uncle. Dragon Ball canon is a freaking mess, but Tarvel, <laughs> that's a thing. Tarvel's um, probably in a weird place, considering Kaba is essentially just him. Yeah. Um, they have near identical designs. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I love... Um, like Vegeta being 
like a king to you know the the saiyans that remain sort of thing in a in a better story that would be a great place for vegeta's character growth because where vegeta leaves the story before it goes off the rails because toriyama didn't want to do it anymore vegeta never became a good guy and the last thing he says in in at least the manga version because the anime was coming out after the manga so they knew that it went past cell in the manga version the last thing he says the last like word bubble he has is i'll never fight again so meeting a character like kaba is a way to get vegeta to the place where he is during the boo arc when vegeta first goes up against kaba he says okay let's fight seriously go super saiyan and that's when kaba says what's well, a super saiyan <laughs> and vegeta's shocked to hear this and one of the things that i think is really cool is it's one of the rare cases where super saiyan is actually approached correctly vegeta puts kaba in an extremely distressed state to give him a proper super saiyan trigger and kaba's ascension is really cool especially insofar as its character development for vegeta he is you know he always talks about being the prince of all saiyans and as far as I can tell, the reason why he never, because he's, you know, the last of the royal family, the reason he never says he's the king of all saints is because he was never officially coronated. So he's technically still the prince. But he's behaving as royalty should to the people who should be his subject. And I think that's just like a really cool direction to take his character. It's really interesting that that's the vibe you got off this, because I kind of got the vibe that he was acting more as a father figure to Kava. Because that kind of jives with the entire notion we get through all of the chapters we read of Vegeta is a family man. Vegeta cares a lot about his children. Mm -hmm. And he sees a, a young Saiyan about a little older than Trunks, who is being thrown into a battle. Because Kaba's definitely not an adult, right? Do we I don't know, know. I couldn't tell if he's supposed to be an adolescent or if he's actually supposed to be like the Saiyan race could have just been smaller. I think he's supposed to be a scrawny late teen. But like the vibe I got is Vegeta taking on like a father. Like, Vegeta's a jerk, obviously, but he's I'm going to be tough on you, but not to the degree that you will ever actually get hurt. Yeah, it's it's tough love. And yeah. I do I do get that vibe, too. But sort of and again, this is like me thinking about the direction I would have wanted to take Vegeta had the series, you know, not gone off the rails. Vegeta being a king in the sense of being like, you know, my subjects are my children, sort of like, like that sort of like fatherly king type is the way I think that Vegeta's character could have gone had things been different and they let. Even in like Saiyan arc Vegeta, would he have ever had the motivation to want to be king? Because he's never actually put into a position of ruling over people. The reason, well, see, for Vegeta... Saiyan pride is personal pride. He doesn't care how many. There could be millions. There could be literally just one. That's the reason why early on Vegeta, like, for example, doesn't care about, you know, just slaughtering Nappa casually because his back is broken. Um, but Vegeta's, Vegeta's I am the only one that matters pride is torn down over the course of the fight against Frieza, the fight against the artificial humans, the fight against Cell. And what I'm saying is... If Kaba was brought in as like a Saiyan survivor after Cell, 
with Vegeta being all downtrodden and I don't want to do this anymore, all my dreams are dead, blah, blah, blah. Vegeta acting as a father figure to Trunks, as a father figure to Kaba, potentially other, you know, surviving Saiyans, that could bring him back and make him into the family man that he is by the time Boo rolls around. Because he makes a hard turn in the time skip that we do not see. Because again, Toriyama doesn't write character development, he writes plot points. And also he didn't want to write anything after well actually he, he didn't want to write anything after uh the 23rd tenkaichi Ten Bodokai, but that's there's a lot of backstory going into all that we get the fight with kaba he reveals he was just teaching the kid how to go to super saiyan and he's just like oh so you were being nice to me and then vegeta proceeds to go higher than super saiyan and like this is a level you'll never reach kid and knocks him out of the so you were being he... nice to me goes blue no punch <laughs> I think what he does, I think what he specifically says is, uh, good, you've become a Super Saiyan, and then he goes blue, now be this next and we can talk again, punch. Because, like, I, I think he is, like, vaguely encouraging about it. Yeah, because essentially he's saying that he never knew there were levels beyond just being Saiyan. And then it's like, no, there are multiple levels, kid. Like, I know that they were never exposed to... I mean, their planet was never annihilated. So, I mean, they had they didn't have the driving force to constantly strive for higher levels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's an, that's another one of the differences between the universe six and seven Saiyans. Because that, of the difference between Frost and Frieza. They exactly. never destroyed Planet Salad. <laughs> no, they did not. They did not destroy Planet Salad. Now they live on Planet <laughs> Vegeta. Do you mean me, my son, or the planet? Yes. <laughs> anyway, after the Kaba fight, we get versus Vegeta versus Magetta, which is he fights a robot. There's really not a lot to it. It's it's kind of dumb, but it's it's fun dumb. Yeah, it was way more interesting in the anime because like the the timer in the timer in that was Magetta was putting off steam, and since they were in an enclosed place, Vegeta was getting overheated, and that's why he needed to win the fight faster. But my favorite part of this is Vegeta's endless talking is what wins the day. You heard his feelings. He quit. What? Yeah. No, I want to beat him one-on-one -on -one in a true fight of uh, power. Nope, nope. He uh, quit because he is very fragile emotionally. I like Vegeta's so done with this too. Like Vegeta doesn't want to be in this story is the great part. Vegeta is aware he is in here to be second best to Goku and is upset and accepting of that fact every step of the way. And I love it. And, like, yeah. it's, so, it's so infuriating. Cause like hashtag Vegeta got hosed. It was bad in the anime. They somehow again made it even worse in the manga. Because now we're getting into Vegeta versus Hit, and yeah. like they make a token explanation that the reason why Goku was so much stronger than Vegeta was because he used so much. They change how Super Saiyan Blue works between the two versions. In the anime, Blue has perfect energy control and has almost no stamina loss. Whereas in, except when Blue has more stamina loss, because that's mentioned in the Tournament of Power, they reverse that randomly for like two episodes. And in the manga, explicitly, Blue bleeds energy super fast. Yeah, which is what the aura is. Yeah, and because Vegeta kept... I do, I do kind of like the, the aura bleeds energy faster idea. 
especially because perfected yeah. Super Saiyan Blue is kind of a cool idea. idea. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, that's their excuse for why Vegeta is so much weaker than Goku. But, like, please, let Vegeta have something. It's so infuriating as a... What Vegeta doesn't get is a W versus Hit because... Oh, hit... God. Uh, Hit uses his uh, totally not Dio Brando powers to just <laughs> to dismantle our dismantle our poor prince. It's skipping forward a tenth of a second in time. It's not time stopping at all. At which point, for some reason, the the Galactic King explains this to Goku instead of Goku just figuring it out himself in the fight. And also, apparently, time skipping forward is a time crime which comes up a lot more in the manga than it does in the anime. There is so much time crime in this manga. Such a good back and forth of Jocko and the King going like, so uh, he's he's committing time crime, isn't he? Yep. Are you going to arrest him for it? I can't beat him in a fight. Nope. Then we're not going to talk about it. And this, and this didn't happen. And Goku's just sitting there like, you guys suck at this. Can we also point out, I I know this happens after the tournament, but I love the little scene we get with Jocko in a brand new, like, sports car edition of his police cruiser. And they're, they're like, oh, wow, where'd you get this nice new ship? The king of the universe uh, gave it to me as a bribe, so I didn't talk about all the time crime. <laughs> <laughs> We get Vegeta fighting Hit, and he gets uh, he gets beaten by the gimmick. At which point, yep. the Time King or the, the Time King, the uh, the King of the Universe goes, "Yeah, that's time skipping." Hey, Goku, you should fight him, but be aware he's time skipping. And Goku's just like about a tenth of a second ahead. Goku's just like, "Yeah, I can probably just be better than that," and then proceeds to fight Hit. And that is the most okay. I'm gonna take over the ranting from Jake. So yeah. shut the shut the hell up, Jake. It's my turn. I don't worry because I agree with uh, what you're about to say. We're we're doing a lot of comparisons to the anime, but it needs to be done because this is an adaptation. Mm -hmm. The anime fight of Goku versus Hit is actually really interesting because it's Goku figuring out the time skipping for himself and then compensating for it. Again, kind of getting into how Goku's a fight autist because he's able to predict a tenth of a second ahead in time and start dealing with what it's doing and the way that hit deals with that is by getting better and skipping further which is a very dragon ball thing which is a do. very which is a very dragon ball thing and it becomes this arms race of which one of them can predict faster and which one of them can and how far can hit push his powers and, and one then, thing and then, and then goku uses the super saiyan blue kaioken and wins because big power uh but the one thing in the no, defense uh, the Shut up, Shut up, Jake. Uh, I'm ranting here. <laughs> um, Goku does not do that in the manga. He does that in the anime. Um, in the manga, Hit can only do a tenth of a second, but only against people who are weaker than him. So the fact that Joe, that Goku can just brute force overpower him turns off his time powers for no reason. It's so dumb. So I can't be that upset because that's a very shonen like limitation is if you've got like an instant win power you need to be stronger than the person you're using on it to use which i guess i accept a lot because that comes up a lot in one piece is you get people who have these powers that are just like well obviously i can make your heart stop 
but you can't make my heart stop because I've got a stronger force of will than you. Oh, that makes sense. I guess we're going to have to regular fight. And then they regular fight. And I'm just willing to accept that. <laughs> my, see, Goku kind of does that in the anime a little bit. And it's not so much that I have a problem with the fact that Goku can just say no you with a power gimmick. My problem is it once again just like shits on poor Vegeta. It's like Vegeta was never even close to that point. And again, they they kind of hand wave it by he had used blue too much, so he had lowered his power to to a degree where hit could dumpster him. But like you're like the like Vegeta even points out this is stupid. They're just explicitly stating that Goku is objectively better than me. Can't I have anything? Like he even says it. Like, give Vegeta something. Piccolo in the corner just going yes. like, dude, did you not hear me two seconds ago? <laughs> they said I was worthless and I had to agree. <laughs> I forfeited my fight, my rematch I was due against Frost because I didn't think I was good enough to be in this tournament. Oh, God. Which is so dumb. I Like, basically, basically everything that applies to Vegeta also applies to Piccolo, but like... <sighs> It's it's so disrespectful to beloved characters. I yeah. don't know why they thought they would get away with it. Because then, they're all, Sam and I are not the only people who were angry about this, by the by. This is a much maligned aspect of Super. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so we and, get to the end of Goku versus Hit. He figures out the trick or whatever and is about to beat him. And then Goku just goes like, but wait. I want to see Manaka, the best fighter in our universe, fight, and proceeds to step off the stage. Rings himself out so that he, Manaka can fight Hit. He also says that, um, hey, Hit, you're an assassin. Yes, uh, this tournament has a no killing rule, so you're not using some of your techniques, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. I want to see Manaka fight, and I want to fight you at your full strength. Yeah, the combination yeah. of Goku doesn't want to beat someone who's limited by the. Versus true, Goku, though. true Goku like literally lives for the fight and he's like uh, no I want to see your best oh yeah, yeah. Goku Goku is the embodiment of that shonen protagonist of but wait what if you were stronger wouldn't yeah. that be cool Goku no that's a terrible idea no, he actually you don't understand Goku literally likes fighting strong people and constantly improving he likes that. but like here's the thing it was very quintessentially Goku for him to do that in that place because super flanderizes the ever loving hell out of Goku where he's like supposedly irresponsible. Now Goku has made bad decisions in the past, but hit wasn't a direct threat to everybody. So him do. So again, the real Goku showed up for the tournament of destroyers because it's very natural for Goku to be like, you know, we don't lose any, if we lose the tournament, that's, you know, like Beerus will be mad at us. Champa gets the super dragon balls, whatever. We just switch universes to universe six. That doesn't harm us in any way. There's no stakes to this fight. So I don't want to see you be limited. I want to fight for real. Like he's not as irresponsible as super has flanderized him to be. We get possibly the best fight of the tournament uh, of destroyers. Hit versus Manaka, where after <laughs> we get played up, what a true beast of a fighter Hit is. He can control time. He can go one-on-one with Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyajin. And you know what Manaka does? Manaka runs up, punches him, knocks him out of the ring, one hit. Just one hit. Saitama's him. What? He Saitama's him. In fact... 
what Saitama must be from a different universe because clearly Manaka is the Saitama of this universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he trained so hard his nipples got huge. Yes. I mean, so, I think Manaka is also bald, so that's you're right. That's true, he is. But anyway, yeah, we wrap up the Tournament of Destroyers, and what seems to be the running theme of any wish made in this uh, series, it's used for the thing you obviously thought it was going to be used for. Yeah. And Beerus wishes to restore Earth in Universe 6 so that Champa can have good food, too. Because that was the whole reason this started in the first place. Which is a good decision. It stops Champa from feeling like he lost again and would be motivated to like commit. Yeah, I feel like there's just it just really strengthens their brotherly bond of like like they like to like get in jabs at each other. But you yeah. know, sharing. I think the is big great. thing is what would Beerus want? Beerus is portrayed as a character who has literally everything he could want. He doesn't even really want to improve his fighting anymore because he's reached a level he's comfortable. Like, he's Yamchud. He's reached a level where he's better than most of the <laughs> people mean, on his who? level. And who he's is fine that? with it. Yamcha doesn't exist. He, yeah. <laughs> Yam? Yam. <laughs> Does not even get a full name mentioned in this manga, but that's Tournament of Power. Which skips... I, I would be remiss if we skipped over the Goku Black Arc because we were talking about all this time crime and I'm I'm just going to do a little spoiler spoiler here. The Goku Black Arc started real strong for me and I enjoyed it, but halfway through was when I really stopped liking this manga. Welcome to everyone's experience with the Goku Black Arc. As someone who watched it as it came out, that is exactly how it went in the anime too. <laughs> it is vastly different in the manga and yet is awful in all the same ways. If I had to wager a bet, I would bet the Goku Black arc was where the manga caught up with the production of the anime, mm -hmm. and that's why they have different endings. Oh, I'd buy that. Yeah. 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 Which also explains why the Tournament of Power is also vastly so, different. It's so different, yeah. Which is fine. I'm fine with things being different stories. I think if everything told the exact same story, that'd yeah. be boring. Then what's the that, point that is fine. both versions? I do, I do, yeah. So um, we haven't gotten into something about this yet. And, you know, Jacob has sworn up and down how much he bloody hates the god Super Saiyan forms because yeah. they're stupid and they break the lore. I like Super Saiyan Blue because blue is my favorite color. And that is that is it. That is all. That is my trash opinion on liking Super Saiyan Blue. Though we I'm do with you there, Sam. Th thank you. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> we do get uh, another brand new Super Saiyan form in the uh, Goku Black Arc. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it not beautiful? Super Saiyan Rose. My very being towers above all. All things. The whole universe. That skips over a lot because we got to basically go into why this is the whole thing. Future Trunks comes back in time. Because he's said that in his future he beat Majin Buu on his own, and okay, and then some guys showed up and started mollywopping the whole universe. That's the thing, though. They have a whole chapter. This was not in the anime. They have a whole chapter where it's just Trunks and uh, the uh, and the Lord of uh, the Lord of Lords uh, fighting Deborah, and I'm like, 
this is really cool. Can I read this manga? This, I want this. I, I love that because that's the Majin Buu saga where they don't get to just Dragon Ball away all the consequences. Because the Dragon Balls have been destroyed in Here Trunks' long timeline. Since destroyed, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And we get, that's great because it's... <laughs> My favorite part is the the Z sword never gets uh, destroyed. Yeah, it never gets broken. So uh, the elder the elder Kai gets killed without anyone knowing because the sword gets toned turned to stone, and that apparently ruins everything for the future arc. But um, it's it's good. We get some great trunk scenes because Future Trunks is always a great character. Yeah, uh, and it's basically revealed that someone someone stole goku's body to become evil mm -hmm. and is seeking is seeking to wipe out all the mortals in the entirety of existence not just universe seven but every universe which includes the saiyans because there's a little ambiguity there that saiyans are also considered mortal. in in japanese the term is ningen yeah. and they interchange mortal human saiyan and a bunch of other terms for the translation because they never really found a good way to translate yeah. it but it's basically everything that isn't a kai has yeah. to be has to be dead that's a that's a problem in a lot of japanese is they use ningen to refer to people but it also means it's the same word for human and people so when you get like when you get like extraterrestrial or if you get like any other creature they're not ningen but they can be still be mortal but but they're called ningen because you don't want you don't want to call someone not a person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they do that a lot. Don't even don't even try. Like they do in Japanese call people not a person. Um but an excellent Dragon Ball example is actually the artificial humans. They are Jinzo Ningen in Japanese. Uh, but they called them androids in um the english translation because this was the point when the english translation had caught up with the japanese version and not only did they not know some of the reveals about the uh artificial humans that came later um but also i i swear the star wars prequels had just started getting released and droids were on people's minds so they i swear part of the reason they called them androids was because of that and as far as the people who were dubbing it knew, they were just robots. It gets revealed later that they weren't just robots and that some of them were cyborgs. Um, but that's another case where Ningen has issues in translation. Mm -hmm. And because the, you know, the Ningens and the Nongens is such a big deal with the Goku Black arc, that is a translation nightmare. And for all of the things but, I can complain about Super about, they really were fighting an uphill battle from the start with that. But it does essentially come down to if it's not a Kai, it's gotta die. And Goku, and at this point, <laughs> that's your catchphrase. Yeah, Trunks is booking it to try to get away from this guy because he can't. He can't fight him. He can't. He can't deal with him. Can I and, rank out the fact that Mai should not exist in the way that she does at that point in that? We're going to get to that in a minute. I actually can't because there is a chapter that explains why Mai's there. There's there's so much wrong with the whole peel-off crew thing. They never <laughs> explain why the original crew's there. The explanation chapters for why Mai is in the future. 
There's just yeah. so much wrong with that. Why is why is the Pilaf gang hanging out at Capsule Corp? I guess Bulma adopted them. Kids? Like, why are they little kids? I think the anime makes an offhand comment about how they gathered the Dragon Balls at one point off freaking screen and wished for that. But when and why? Yeah, I mean, that's included in the manga, too. They're just there. So, no, in the manga, they also gather all the Dragon Balls. Yeah, the, the manga has an explanation chapter for the future. Is that yeah. they were going to wish Piccolo back to life, but the Pilaf gang stole the Dragon Balls at the last second and wished for youth. But because they stole the Dragon Balls, they were in a rush to get the wish out. They didn't specify enough, and they became babies. That is youth. Yes, it was the future timeline. That's then why they couldn't. Then what about the present timeline? No, wait, no, that's even worse. Piccolo was still attached to Kamisama at the time. When Piccolo died, you can't wish Piccolo back with the Dragon Balls. When Piccolo dies, so do the Dragon Balls. I don't remember reading this because I know I would have ranted about it in my notes. But part of okay. it, certain. so am I. My brain is my brain is mush right now. That makes even less sense. Uh, so we are going to do what we do with everything that doesn't make sense. Uh, we are going to ignore it and continue talking about the Goku Black arc. Um, so Trunks manages to go back in time uh, to you know the the present day timeline. Where he be, he explains, uh, yeah, so uh, there's somebody uh, running around. He looks a lot like Goku, and he's murdering everybody. Please help. And it's during this point where it's intercut with um, a, a Kai from Universe 10, the Supreme Kai there and his apprentice, uh, Zamas. And can I just say I find it absolutely freaking hilarious that the one time they correctly translate that name is in the freaking manga. The anime got it wrong. Dragon Ball Fighters got it wrong. You do not pronounce the U. That's not how Japanese works. Yeah, he's Zamas, not Zamasu. But uh, <laughs> Zamas watching GodTube, if I remember correctly. <laughs> God no, we, we don't have, we don't start with we don't start with God tube. Uh, for some reason, Universe Seven Supreme Kai is there visiting, and uh, you know they're they're training. Supreme Kai is fighting Zamas, and, and that you know, was actually it, another good fight. Like there are occasions where there are actually good fights in uh, Super, which is honestly that's also true for the anime too. I've only ever seen people defend some of the fight scenes and nothing else. It's almost as if the story is made of moon logic and stupidity. So, um, uh, Supreme Kai gets beaten by Zamas and, you know, they go back to universe seven and we get some backstory about Zamas. He does not have a very high opinion of mortals, uh, as revealed when we see some dinosaur men who recently evolved on a planet and they're just, brutes murderizing each other and he's like see look at how look at these dirty mortals all they can do is violently attack one another they're not worthy of life and his master's oh. like well what if we went into the future to see if they evolved and they only go forward a thousand years which in terms of like macro evolution of a species is not a terribly long time well, social evolution is probably what they meant mm. true like their society well, would evolve to be less barbaric Though Which actually, kind of did. I will, yeah, I was gonna say, I will defend the super manga in one aspect because they do make it pretty clear that Zamas turns away from 
a bunch of elders stopping a fight and proving that the dinosaur people had developed because Zamas doesn't focus on the good. He focuses on this brute over here who's attacking them in particular because he wasn't involved in the brawl on the below the uh, cliff phase. Yeah, I was about to say, do not get me started on Zamas's I took uh, intro level to philosophy manifesto course right here oh yes but obviously the bad things we should just get rid of if only i could genocide all my problems away then the world would be a better place like zamas is not a character that fits within a and this isn't even a, a matter of like the stuff i was saying before about uh you know super not being a dragon ball story dragon ball is very pro humanity by default because it pits the main characters up against gods all the time and they overcome because flawed people being better is sort of the point of the story so you you can't argue with zamas he's just a sociopath and the entire like the whole the whole everything is decided in a contest of strength and skill in in a hand to hand fight like that basic shonen premise is anathema to the kind of what's supposed to be a thinking villain in Zamas. You know, if you're going to throw hands and decide with your fists, you know, you're already on the, like, growth end of I'll get stronger, I'll improve. In all fairness, Zamas is, like, we're sold him as a thinking villain, but the first thing we see him do outside of his introduction is go on GodTube, look up a GodTube video of someone who illegally uploaded the Universe 6 versus 7 fight, which I'm not even going to go into how hilarious and dumb that is. But that's also, that's also very Dragon Ball, to have a side thing for convenience be very dumb. But, like, so the whole thing is he sees this fight and he says, like, wait, are you saying there are mortals who are the same strength, if not stronger, than gods? Well, can't have that happen. What if I enact a plan to steal his body one day so I can be the strong one and then I'll have the might to make right? Like, he's he argues against might makes right over and over again. But the end, his goal is I'm going to acquire the might so that my philosophy is right. Like, he says he hates this and this is barbaric, proceeds to do exactly that. The problem, and like one of the problems I have with the, because it's like there's a lot of mechanical problems with stuff with the time travel that I'm sure we're going to get into. But one of the big problems. There are three Zamases. <laughs> but like one of the, one of the big problems with Zamas as a character is that they keep having him have debates with characters. It's a moot point. There's no conversation to be had. So there was one point. Uh, where there was like almost a full chapter of uh, Zamas's mentor, um, like trying to convince Zamas, no, we can do this right. Let me tell you why your philosophy is wrong. And I'm just sitting here like, you know, he's not listening to you, right? Yeah. He's just going to stab you. <laughs> That's what he's done every other time. Why do you think? And it's just, it's so tedious to get through this wall of text in my fighting shonen manga. It does spin its wheels for a while, which is a big problem with it. Uh, one thing that we forgot to mention at the end of the Tournament of Destroyers is we learn about the mighty Lord Zeno, king of all, who is a tiny child who just, 
he he's done playing with his blocks and he's going to break them now. Meh. And that is my opinion of Zeno in its entirety. Um, that is accurate. But, yes. Longest opinion of Zeno. It's funny because Zeno actually is more interesting in the manga than he is in the anime, believe it or not. So um, Zeno takes a shine to Goku and is like, all right, you and I are going to be friends. Uh, and Goku's like, yeah, I kind of got to go beat up a guy. Can we like, can we like pause this? And Zeno's like, okay, here's this button. If you push it, I'll come right to you. Uh, when you're done, push the button and let's uh, do friend stuff. Cool. Thanks, Zenchan. And, you know, they go off to fight Zamas. It's like being held hostage by like a six-year-old. <laughs> except, the, except the six-year-old has a gun yes no it's yeah. like that episode of twilight zone where the people are all just afraid of this child who can make yeah them like that yeah exactly goku legitimately likes seno though he does in the manga in the manga i think we he gets um we get a scene with him and beerus where he's just like oh are you gonna go be friends with him and goku's just like i don't know that's kind of a lot of work that guy's a lot really high maintenance i'll deal with it later he does, he does pull an I'll deal with it later with Zeno, but I kind of feel like he kind of yeah. Well, that is immaterial because the only reason I mentioned Zeno is because he is the way that we resolve the Goku Black arc. So with a whole lot of time traveling, um, because like 30 we learn endings that get no you'd. Yeah, because we learned that thanks to the power of parallel universes. Uh, Goku Black, who is Zamas, who wished on the Super Dragon Balls to uh, swap bodies with Goku. Um, In the manga, he wished to swap bodies with Minoka, who won the Tournament of Destruction. And then upon realizing Minoka's body was worthless, then somehow also switched bodies with Goku. No, what? that is not what happened. Oh, it is. No. I don't remember not... that. That is yeah. not how that, that, is not not how that, that happened. That is definitely how it happened. <laughs> Not in the manga, no. I no. believe you because I was skimming through this entire thing and I didn't care. So, one way or another, Zamas ends up uh, body swapped with Goku and that's how we get Goku black. Then using don't the power shoot, of- Don't shoot, this man isn't black. The greatest line in all of anime has happened in the manga. Because everyone's already dead. There are no humans other than <laughs> Trunks and Mai. Goku are we talking about the... like before they go back to the future to the past or are we talking about because there are other humans we, yeah technically it's... we see him wiping out but like in the anime there were other human characters before that point that the manga just eliminates we get a panel of goku black saying i've killed the remaining humans you're the last one left trunks come fight yeah. me because i want to be stronger through saiyan it's genes. when it's when trunks leaves for the past that he's like, well, Trunks is gone. Might as I guess well I'll wipe go out eliminate the... everything else. Yeah, might as well like wipe out the last of the humans. Like Trunks was the only one really like encouraging him to like not wipe out the rest of humanity because Trunks was putting he's up. Also an effort. explicitly just using Trunks to get stronger. Yes, yeah. and yes, and the way he was doing that was because again, with the power of parallel universes, he found another Zamas who they used the Super Dragon Balls, again, to wish to make immortal. And since Zamas is the apprentice to a Supreme Kai, he's got healing powers. Explicitly, only the apprentice to a Supreme Kai can do this. But because the now immortal Zamas is both a healer and immortal, he can constantly bring Goku Black back from the brink of defeat 
which gives him Zenkai boosts, which lets him get Super Saiyan Rose. Can we just talk about how this fight was garbage? Because it was, on both sides, was just people getting beat up completely and then healed back to full health. That happens like five times. And on yes. both sides, it's, it's, haha, I have the advantage now, gets punched. No, how can this possibly be healed? Haha, I have the advantage now. For like 30 freaking times over and over again. It's like, just let Drags. one of the million times that happens be the end of it. Just freaking kill Zamas. No, you because we need Vegito. Yeah, because we need to fuse with the Pataro earrings, which we're told only permanently fuse Lord uh, Supreme Kai's. Uh, Lord of Lords, yeah. 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 yeah, so Zamas and Goku Black fuse and become fused Zamas, which is a fourth Zamas, by the way, for, the, for those of you keeping score at home. You're a Fighter Z roster counter. <laughs> yeah. I actually main fuse Zamas and fighters, and he's really fun. But uh, oh, and this is what annoyed me: the manga didn't have any of Fuse Zamas's cool abilities. He didn't use Lightning of Absolution. He didn't use the Scythe thingy. He, no, just, he just did all the same things Goku Black did, but stronger, I guess. He's gimmick. That's all he did. He just stole Janemba's gimmick, and he threw Minecraft blocks at them. It's so bad. I I definitely got the feeling near the end of the Zamas fight that felt like they were bored and trying to wrap it up for the tournament of power. When we're told over and over again that um Goku and Vegeta fuse with the Pitaro earrings. And we're told that um non uh, mortal fusings, non-Supreme Kai, I guess, fusings yes. have a time limit of an hour. Which is what they're fighting. They're trying to stall Fuse Zamas for an hour so he'll unfuse and then they can win because that's what they've established. Also, it gets away from the fact they said they had one Senzu Bean earlier, which conveniently, when they fuse, they only need one Senzu Bean, which is, again, another part where they heal back to full health. Yep. <laughs> so, and, and again, to make sure that the people at home know this, Zamas fused first, then Goku and Vegeta did. So the plan, and it's a pretty decent plan, I gotta say, you know, working within the stupid limitations of this stupid fight is Vegito just stalls Zamas until he unfuses, and then Vegito just as Vegito was wont to do, just myrtleizes both of them. And then three pages later, before he can even use the freaking super beam move that we all wanted to see, they just unfuse. Cause About ten minutes and, in. And there is no explanation. Like someone says, is it because he's so powerful? And they're like I don't know, maybe. Moving on. Zamas? <laughs> All that powerful, too? This was it's... supposed to be way too powerful, and their power broke the fusion in 10 minutes. They, and they, like, I think literally Goas, uh, Zamas's um, mentor, like, he is asked, and I think he literally says, I don't know, that sounds right. Like, it literally is explicitly not explained because they can't be bothered. I don't know that sounds right. Basically better be like the warning label that comes on Pataro earrings. Because when the boss and Goku Black unfuse, they somehow, because they were the same DNA, create duplicates of the fusion that then proceeds to endlessly pop a propagate so we get hundreds of... We get hundreds of them! Which is somehow...
even dumber than the like guy of faces of us that we got in the anime. Like it makes it so stupid. It's not even how many. You would obviously be limited by the number of earrings you have, right? Nope. They all have more earrings too. <laughs> it's like they were fighting and then accidentally found the infinite dupe glitch in their universe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is it. The super universe is a poorly programmed video game. We get to I the only it. logical conclusion you could possibly have with, well, I guess our infinitely strong immortal god tier enemy is endlessly propagating itself through the universe. You want to just hit the undo button? And Goku's just like, I'm going to hit the undo button. You guys better get out of the universe. That's right. I had the Zeno button. And he hits the Zeno button. <laughs> and they just delete the arc. <laughs> yep. Just control art delete. Control art. Zeno was going to help him beat the guy. Zeno's just, Zenu does a very Zeno thing, though. He's just like, well, this universe is broken. I'm getting rid of this. <laughs> and Goku's like, nope. Everyone get on the time machine. He does the six-year-old solution to everything, which is why he's so dangerous, as we learn. Well, if you haven't already caught on already, you learn yeah. that that's what makes him so dangerous. He's an uncontrolled six-year-old. Yep. <laughs> so, so the gang flees back to the present timeline as Zeno uh, wipes away everything in the future timeline. And... Uh, something we forgot to mention is that Goku made a promise to his Zeno saying, I'm going to, br I'm, I'm going to bring you a friend who you'll like even more than me. And he has, no, sol with you. <laughs> and he has no solution to this. So they, <laughs> they get back into the timeline. And by the way, can we just talk about how existentially terrifying it is that future trunks, uh, he went through all the shit in the cell saga in order to defeat uh, the androids in order to save a timeline and then grow strong enough to beat them in his timeline to have a peaceful future. And then he beats Boo and then Zamas shows up and just wipes that all away. But he finally, they finally get Zamas, they beat him and you think he could enjoy something? No, the timeline he sacrificed so much for is destroyed. It is removed from everything. God! I hate this arc! Does Zenosama, does he delete only the extra timeline or does he delete all universes because he's like well this guy's from a different universe this is messed up beyond belief considering the time ring breaks he deleted that extra timeline and they somehow still managed to go back again to that white empty void where zeno's just floating for reasons and go and goku takes him back to the present timeline so we now have two zenos and this is how Goku said, I'm going to get you a friend you'll like more than me. Why did you think this would solve things? Funnily enough, it does. Um, oh, but, Goku um, lucked into accidentally solving the problem they caused. Wow. Color me yeah, surprised. That, sound, that sounds like the orange hillbilly of super. Um, but uh, I actually, I have an explanation for why that was done. Toriyama had about as much to do with super as he had to do with GT and Dragon Ball Evolution. But one thing that is a sort of like common thing that Toriyama says is he likes characters in pairs. That's why you have um, Kabito and uh, the Lord of Lords. That's why you have uh, Bubbles and Kaiosama. That's why you have uh, Kamisama and Popo and why you have Beerus and Whis. So literally two Zenos was just the laziest version of creating characters in pairs. That sounds about right. Mm -hmm. So... 
and to wrap to put a bow on everything because future chunks and future my have nothing to go back to we break time one more time to send them to a new old future alternate timeline where there's going to be a pair of them as well and there's going to be two mice and two chunks in another timeline where they'll just beat up <laughs> boo and then preemptively beat up zamas and call it good fairness the reason trunks does ask to go before they beat boo is because he wants his mom to still be alive yeah he, they they can prevent most of the bad things that happened Black if they just Oklahoma. boo didn't well the reason why everything went wrong was because the lord of lords in uh right, right, in the because... future timeline died and they retcon. This is manga only, by the way. They retcon that if the Lord of Lords dies, the God of Destruction dies as well. For reasons. Because reasons. That doesn't like the reason why that was a thing in, with past characters in Dragon Ball does not track with this. But this is super, and where things are the way they are because reason. So, um, like dra the the original time travel plot arc in dragon ball that actually tracks if you follow all the rules the fact that the black goku black arc just chucks all the time travel rules out the window and does whatever it wants is everything wrong with time travel and fiction and right. i'm gonna stop there because otherwise i will do the rant and i don't want to do the rant actually want to do the rant but i shouldn't do the established rant. we are going my, on. And, yeah my my favorite part about the Goku Black arc is after the arc happens, uh, the end of the volume has an interview with Toriyama and Toyotaro. <laughs> and most of these are kind of just Toyotaro telling you how great Toriyama-sama is, or Sensei. <laughs> he calls him Sensei. And um, th they're mostly skippable. The one at the end of the Goku Black arc, I just broke out laughing in, because it's the two of them complimenting each other what an amazingly well-written philosophical story they've created is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Toriyama, Toriyama set, responds to Toriyama's question that this has always been what he's wanted to write was a deep philosophical problem where the enemy isn't a bad guy they've got good reasoning which is terrifying uh, Toriyama considers genocide good reason but I I just laughed and laughed because it was the two of them patting themselves on the back for possibly the worst part of this arc which is the fake philosophy going on in the background. But with that, we'll move into what everyone's here for, the our, Tournament of Power. Our final plot called a sack of the evening, the Tournament of Power, where the Zenosamas think there are too many universes and Goku wants to fight guys. <laughs> that sounds wrong. I, I also like how... They give us the justification that Zenos was going to destroy the universes anyway without telling anyone. So mm -hmm. technically, Goku saved everyone's lives from being erased off screen. But everyone is mad at Goku for suggesting the tournament. And it's funny because there is like this... Because this this was also present in the anime when it was brand new and people, like, it, the arc hadn't ended yet. Like, there were a lot of people who were being like, oh, look at how irresponsible Goku is. And then a bunch of other people were pointing out, like, it, it's like the same argument uh, in-universe that was happening was also happening in the fandom where people are like, look at how irresponsible Goku is. He's doomed everybody. And, and the people who were paying attention are like, uh, Zeno was just going to annihilate everyone. Goku at least gave them a chance to live. That's better than the alternative. Not on purpose. He didn't know. 
He didn't do it on purpose, but he didn't doom anybody. Yeah, but that doesn't make him, like, a great savior. He lucked into something. People weren't arguing that he was a great savior. People were arguing that he was irresponsible for suggesting the tournament. At which point, people were like, Zeto was going to destroy the universes anyway. Goku didn't make the situation worse. He lucked into making the situation better. You can't blame him for what's going on. He gave you a fighting chance to save your universe as opposed to... No. (laughs) So... Um, Goku suggests the fighting tournament to the Zenos, and uh, so Zeno's like, "All right, bring all the gods of destruction here and have them fight." That's also not in the anime. Well, I mean, he brought he brought all the gods of the universe and the gods and the lords of destruction because there was the other Zenos who was not up to speed. With he didn't know tournament. about tournaments because he hadn't yeah. seen the Universe Six versus Universe Seven. We have the God Exhibition match where uh, we we do learn that Beerus is just the biggest buster apparently because he goes he goes toe to toe with he goes toe to toe with the other eleven of them for a couple of panels and but gets everyone hates hit him. Hit. Everyone hates him apparently yeah. just because he's, he's an like asshole. Like no friends, which I buy. I buy it. His yeah. closest friend is his brother because. You know, and his brother hates him too. (laughs) Yeah, the reason why everyone hates Beerus is because, like, thousands of years ago, there was a god, there was an all universes hide and go seek championship, and And Beerus Beerus fell asleep, fell asleep, so no one could find him. And Zeno, um, refused to let people go home (laughs) until all participants (laughs) were found. And Beerus was asleep for like hundreds of years, and Zenos almost destroyed all the universes out getting upset waiting out of frustration. so long. Uh, though they but, do also mention apparently there was also a bunch of individual um personal grudges as well. Grudges well, as well. Beerus is a jerk and doesn't I he doesn't, why people he doesn't like care him. about anybody, yeah, no. So we get that uh, the Zenos aren't impressed because the gods are too powerful and can't they can't tell what the fuck is going on. I love so, that line. <laughs> me too. So Goku goes up against Toppo. He's from Universe 11? 11. 11, He's yeah. Universe 11. And he is the candidate to become the next god of destruction after Belmod, the fucking pervert clown. I think he's supposed to be an allegory for Joker, and obviously his angel is supposed to be Harley Quinn. Shit, I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. I sent a Snapchat to Matthew earlier, and I was just like, wait, is this supposed to be an allegory to Joker? (laughs) This is too much. Considering how blatant the references are in all the other gods, that makes sense. Yeah, I buy that. I don't think we pointed out yet. Uh, all the gods are named. All the gods and angels are named after booze. Yep, which is pretty great. Yep. Uh, Akira Toriyama has a like he name conven- his naming conventions tend to be things that are like either food or food adjacent. Uh, most people already or know undergarments this. if you're Bulma or uh, yeah or Bulma's family. Yeah. Um, but like there's like a there's like a really obvious through line, and it's usually something to do with food. Um, and, uh, most people already know this, but all of the Saiyans are based off of vegetables. Kakarot is carrot. Vegeta is vegetable. Uh, Napa, I believe, is a type of onion. Napa cabbage. It's Napa cabbage. cabbage. Yeah, cabbage. it's a type of cabbage. Raditz is radish, etc., etc. So, uh, fun story actually with how uh, that came about was uh, uh, Toriyama didn't design Beerus, right? Or he designed him. He didn't name him or anything. I yeah, so. I think he I think he designed him but didn't name him. Because um what happened was Beerus was actually named uh for virus, 
was when he was really creative, but when when uh, Tori- Toriyama came in, he's just like, oh, obviously he must be a pun name off of beer. I'll just make all the other ones alcoholic drinks as well. <laughs> that sounds That's like why we have champagne champa. Um, there's one who's like wow. mojito. There's Moscow and Mule, which I thought was actually a clever pun. That's a good yeah, one. This is the idea for like a DBZ themed party where we just have like drinks. <laughs> They're just the I drinks. Like naming conventions in Dragon Ball. I think it's <laughs> cute personally. It, is it works. Cute. So um, Goku and Tapo fight and Tapo uh, beats Goku and he's like, I'm actually the second strongest in my universe. And Goku immediately gets a giant fight boner for this jeering guy. We get a little aside where we see uh, the Justice Troopers, which is the group that Tapos a part of. The uh, Pride Troopers. The Pride Troopers, right. Yep. Sorry. They fight for justice. Yep. Um, because, because Toriyama's kids and are particular fans of Super Sentai. That's also why the Ginyu Force exists. Damn right. Yeah, we, get a, we get a shot of Jiren, and... <laughs> We haven't talked about this yet in the show, but the art swings in this are hilarious. Um, why is Jiren so thick? <laughs> Jiren is double cheesed up on a Thursday afternoon when he's flying in in his first appearance. Thunder thighs over here. <laughs> yeah, we, we've skimmed over the times you'll get a panel in the middle, not a main panel in a fight, but the side panels in fights, you'll normally get like weird faced Goku. <laughs> yeah, tiny, tiny head Goku going Super Saiyan. Oh, you so, mean Super which, Saiyan uh, 3, uh, Goten? Which honestly fits with it being an adaptation of the anime, because there were a lot of cases where you'll in find- In the anime, it looks like a- You'll find all- mess. Yeah. Yeah. You'll find all the pretty fights on uh, of the anime on YouTube, whereas then every other like part that's not shown is a hideous Rorschach test. Um, yeah. so, so great adaptation. But anyway, we get everyone uh, signing up for the. Uh, I'm sorry, no, they're re- required to get a team of ten, which is double what they had to do beforehand. So they really got to scrape the bottom of the barrel for uh, the character <laughs> roster. Yum. <laughs> Yum. So Yamcha doesn't even get his full name mentioned. Yeah, we have Goku, Vegeta, Piccolo. Uh, I guess Krillin. Fine, we can get eighteen Kudadin. if he comes along too. Yeah, Kudadin. Um, uh, can we get Majin Buu? He's asleep. Okay, we can't get Majin Buu. Um, that again was a they wanted to give Buu screen time in the anime, but the fa- the Japanese in particular fandom because Buu is ambivalent as far as I know in the states. But in Japan, he's deeply despised, and everyone was like, we will seriously boycott the show if you put Boo in the Tournament of Power. They had already put him in the opening and had to edit him out for one of the later participants that was his replacement. He's in the OP, yeah. So we get, we also get Tenshinhan, we get Master Roshi, we get Android, we get Android 17... Oh, let's see. That's eight. We need two more. God, who else exists? Oh, I guess Gohan can show up. Sure, why not? And, uh, and then we Gohan. still need one more. Oh, why don't we f- fucking resurrect Frieza again? You know, one of only two people who put Goku into a homicidal rage. He's totally fine with working with Frieza. We also get more of the su- of the universe six Saiyans. We get Khalifa and Kale. So we finally have female Super Saiyans. It only took... Uh, 30 fucking years um 
there was a point where Toriyama said, oh yeah, girls can't be Super Saiyans because they're girls and stuff. <laughs> Toriyama makes no bones about it. He is very sexist. He just didn't know how to draw them and he didn't want to bother learning. Well, well you know what? There are plenty of mangas who aren't good at drawing females. They'll tell you that to your face and be like, yeah, I just suck at drawing females. <laughs> like, just objectively. Sorry. There's no so, excuses, is what I'm I, saying. I do like I do like Caulifla. She is I, she is very fun. I like both Caulifla and Kale. And funnily enough, I honestly feel like like I liked them already in the in the anime. And again, it's like with Kaba. In a better story, these would be some of my favorite characters. The things that you could do with them is a lot. To, and I don't know, something about the way they are in the manga, I feel like Khalifla and Kale are actually even more charming in it. Right, right. They're, uh, Khalifla's the, like, bandit queen. Yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. robbing the good guy. Well, I guess they are good guys. There's they no are good guys. It's just one of them's a jerk. Yeah, so they're they're robbing the, uh, like, troop movement. And they get, police. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they get that, and Kale is... Basically, she's just like a loyal follower of Khalifla. I are they sisters or are they like sisters in like a they're shared? They're sisters in a blood brother sense. Okay. It's only it's it and again, this is one of those cases where the translation of certain aspects of Japanese language and culture don't really translate well into English because it's an Onisama thing. But I mean, that's the same. I would argue that that same relationship exists in the West. It's just not as like freely don't have used. a specific word that means yeah that. it's yeah it's it's a translation issue because yeah it it does exist in the west it's just it's like the the direct literal translation of onisama is sister or brother in the case of uh you know but male. i mean like if you're part of an organization or a group like big brother big sister type of thing yeah. it's like that, that that's what it is between them right we get great introduction to her uh she's basically revealed to be like way stronger than Kaba and he's going to her only out of a need to have like people to fill a roster. Yeah. And I, this is where it gets brought up, but it gets brought up over this entire recruitment part. I love the amount of people who are when told this tournament is deciding whether or not their universe gets erased, go, Hey, do you have two hours to spend? It's literally a tournament that will take 45 minutes. Assuming you teleport there, which is very likely do you have two hours of your day to spend uh, preventing the universe from getting uh, erased? I don't know. I have work obligations. Oh, and the <laughs> fact that, okay, Vegeta being a family man is great. He didn't want to participate in this tournament to be there for his daughter's birth. Which, because you know, Alma was props. expecting. And it's like, that's cute and all, but your daughter won't exist if you lose the tournament. <laughs> But then it has to drag into the fact that Goku has never, ever seen any of his children born. They just Oh are... my god. <laughs> there is no freaking way in the universe that Chi-Chi would not have asked Goku to kiss her. I hate that Koriyama <laughs> oh said that and it's gotten shoehorned into the manga now. Yeah. There is no way they haven't kissed. Mm -hmm. Chi-Chi would have asked and Goku would have gladly asked. asked yes. He would have forcibly made him kiss her. Yeah. Say Chi -Chi That's also true. <laughs> But can we can we gum up the big thing that comes up with uh, Vegeta talking about baby stuff? Um, first of all, uh, Goku does not recognize a pregnant woman and also does not know how babies are born. Yeah, you should stop eating so much. You're just getting fat. And like, again, 
people forget Goku is actually educated. Granted, he's not like a college grad or anything, but he can do his own damn taxes. He knows what pregnancy is. This is more flanderization of, oh, Goku's the fight idiot. Like, that's the trope that he created, that the, that the original version of Goku created in a vacuum. That's not who he actually is bring up the one thing i noticed which is he said yeah i wasn't there for either of my children being born and i'm like fair you were dead for goten but gohan you guys lived in the middle of nowhere like he had to have been there because chi chi had to have had a home birth like where would he have been that yeah the tournament of power is going to be long enough to get through oh, yeah <laughs> So, I'm just saying, that's a rant in itself yeah. of what the yeah. hell is going on with this imposter Goku who doesn't know anything about women anything. things. He's, he's <laughs> just some kind of mass walking around. Oh, my God. We arrive in the world of Void, where <laughs> the giant tournament uh, arena ground has been set up, and it will last for 100 tacks, or 48 Earth minutes. And... Uh, Whoever, whoever is the last universe standing or has more people left when time runs out will be declared the winner. And if your universe loses all its fighters, your entire universe gets destroyed. Everything in it dies. You're the top four universes, in which case you're safe and I guess don't have to worry about participating. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is all so far directly in line with the anime. And it's worth noting that some of... Because like we mentioned that the god of destruction like preliminary match thing didn't happen in the anime what did happen in the anime is a couple of different universes had brought fighters gohan and piccolo gohan piccolo and goku fought against the trio de donje or whatever the hell they were called which were characters that briefly appear in the manga that was the preliminary match in the anime instead of the stuff with the destroyer gods so some of the some of the people yeah, who would the participate boys, in the right? of power, yeah, the three dog boys and their powers and what they actually do was is done in great detail in the anime and it's actually pretty cool. Um, Gohan gets to do something, so that's nice. Um, Piccolo isn't constantly shit on during his fight, so that's nice. I guess we don't know that's in the manga. Um, so in Gohan got something this time. I really enjoyed Gohan in this uh, tournament. I, but I we're, we're skipping ahead. Let's skip yeah, ahead. ahead. Let's do it in order. So we start off with uh, Universe 7 being told multiple times, just stick together, uh, beat people that come at you, and we'll just uh, do the attrition game. And then Goku, Vegeta, Frieza, and uh, 17 and 18 immediately fucked off to go fight people. Which, to be fair, I don't know what they expected. Like, when people yeah. are like, I don't know what we expected, I'm, I'm sitting here like, yeah, or a bunch like even if it, even if it was an imposter goku goku would totally do that <laughs> so goku goes to immediately fight simp for jiren <laughs> meanwhile jiren does not give goku the time of day and i love it well, here's the thing though because like jiren is actually participating in this version in the anime, which this isn't any better, but in the anime, he just sits there meditating for like 85% of it, and he literally just doesn't do anything. In the manga, at least comparatively, he is chewing the scenery. Yeah. In the manga, he's been told, hey, you'll get what you want when this ends, and he's just like, cool, I want to be here for as little time as possible. 
he's also called that in the anime, and yet he's meditating for a chunk of it. Well, then he actually acts in character in the manga. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why someone who wants no. to get through this as soon as yeah. possible would... I, no, I'm saying that this is a case where the anime is objectively worse. Everyone hates Jiren for a reason. We go through. We went through an entire recruitment arc where we had to lie, cheat, and steal to get Krillin to be a part of this. And then he just immediately gets dumpstered by Frost. <laughs> Which, that and is so the and that's a case where the anime, once again, is better because Kiridan and Tien do do things in the anime. They get to do a lot of cool stuff. And I like that, the stuff that they cut. Like, they made, to be fair, they made the Tournament of Power mercifully shorter, but they did it by screwing over a bunch of characters. Well, it actually feels like it could take place in 43 minutes. That's, that's true as well. Like unfortunately if you come to this thing with weak people they're gonna get knocked out immediately which is what we see happen yeah we see a lot of that happen across all the universes and uh after krillin and tn get bodied uh we cut to gohan and piccolo who were fighting some other universes i don't remember which specific ones it doesn't matter but this is happening because frieza went up to frost and is like ha oh, ha oh, oh, we are both evil do you want to go and beat up my teammates for me so i can get those filthy saiyans i do love frieza in this by the way <laughs> frieza, frieza and vegeta are the two that are just amazing characterizations in super <laughs> I, I adore frieza and so frost goes and starts beating up other people because of course he trusts this guy <laughs> Why wouldn't, Why wouldn't I trust myself? Why wouldn't I trust myself? Yes. Um, and he goes and he burns all of his power, beating up some other guys. And then Frieza's like, trust no one, not even yourself. And rings out Frost, which I thought was pretty good. That 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 is just proof of what an immense dickhole Frieza is. And I love it. Well, actually, hold on. Yeah, doesn't Frieza earn his trust immediately by Frieza's the one who knocks Krillin out? No, Frieza points out that Krillin and Tien are, oh. the, are the weakest in Universe 7, and gotcha. Frost should target them first. So essentially the same thing, though. They team yes. up, and that's what eliminates his team, which earns him Frost trust. Yeah, yeah. the reason Frost trusts him is because Frieza is like, uh, I will point out the weakest members of my team. Again, it's sort of like Frost in the Tournament of Destroyers. There's more in the anime. What we lose is like... It's not good relevantization. I like. I'd rather it be there, but it's not like it's you know. It, it's... But this is this uh, this is also the part. This is also the part where we see because uh, Frost finished off the last of Universe Nine, so we get to see the horror of an entire universe being deleted by the Zenos. And you know what the wish on the Super Dragon Balls is going to be? Yeah, it's going to be for Seventeen's boat. Yeah, for Seventeen's boat. His regular boat. <laughs> that he could either have Bulma buy or use the regular Dragon Balls to wish for. Which is explicitly stated by multiple characters. Well, Goku in this goes, that's a really dumb wish, but I <laughs> guess if that's what you want. Uh, so we have a few more fights to get through before we start getting to the real stupid bullshit. Um, we have Goku and Jiren, or Goku and Hit versus Jiren. Where Jiren is like, yeah, no, my time powers are still stupid, but I developed a new time power where I can cast slow on a guy. Only one guy, even oh. if they're stronger than me. They also made Jiren significantly weaker in this. 
Yeah. Because Hit fights Jiren in the anime too, and he just gets dumpstered. Literally, Jiren does not move. And I bring that up because it will be relevant later. Hit and Goku double team Jiren for a while, phrasing. Uh, Goku's like, wait a minute. I want to fight Jiren one on one. Leaves Super Saiyan Blue. Go get him, buddy. <laughs> Which Hit is fine with, apparently. Yeah. Also, at this point uh, in the Tournament of Power, I found I lost where Goku was supposed to be because he shows up in multiple other people's fights later on. Yes. But this is happening simultaneously. So, like, is he just... It's a small ring. I mean, I guess you could say that's the... Why am I defending this? It's. I just just got confused where Goku is supposed to be. It is a very because chaotic thing and not in a enjoyable The orange nobility is where the plot says he is. So Jiren ends up defeating Hit, as to be expected, which, you know, it, to, to pull back an old chestnut from our One Punch Man episode, it hit, hit jobs for Jiren. Um, we go into Piccolo and number 17 versus Universe 6, which goes pretty well those two actually make a pretty decent team and i enjoyed it a lot yeah that i don't think happens in the anime either but that was the middle of the tournament of power and your brain is mush by that point so and if i'm understanding all the remaining fights are vastly different if not mm-hmm. mostly they are, different. they are vastly different and heavily truncated because again they make it mercifully shorter but they also remove all the cool parts too like yeah. that's basically and it's like do you want to get through it faster or do you want to have the epic moments that you see on YouTube done in sequential art? Honestly, I'd rather be done with this faster. So I guess I'll take the, the so manga. we get my, we get my least favorite fight number 18 versus Rebrianne. <laughs> though it did have one of my favorite visual gags of Rebrianne going, Hey, you ugly. And 18 looks over her shoulder. Like who? <laughs> <laughs> great gag of uh her going hey who's that sexy hunk on the uh bench that's my husband (laughs) also beerus has a great there's a lot of good gags on beerus everyone calling her ugly and then beerus goes she's kind of cute i guess (laughs) (laughs) hey live live your truth just like with uh king and his otome games yeah i'm not gonna judge I mean, I'll judge, but I also love Otome games, so he's in the right in this case. So, (laughs) So, um, 18 defeats Rebrianne and then gets knocked out by an invisible person. Uh, That's a short thing where an invisible person and a bug get defeated. Then we get into some real meat with Golden Frieza versus the Universe 6 Saiyans. And this is another another case where it's trade-offs because... This like, was actually pretty good. I liked watching Frieza get to just own on some people. And it was good. It was good character moments for uh, Khalifa and Kale in particular. Yep. Like they see, I don't know what it is. They seemed really charming in it. Khalifa and Kale are my favorite parts of the this manga, right? Like the entirety is those two characters and when they fuse. Like, oh, yeah. 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 Kale apparently has immense super speed because she is uh, uh, tripping up Frieza, which allows Khalifa to get in hits uh, until Frieza catches wise to this, which, again, I think it's like good improvement for Frieza over his past incarnations. Um, 
showing that he actually can like adapt to a battlefield instead of just relying on having bigger deck energy than everybody. Once he starts wailing on Khalifa, then Kale gets her Super Saiyan moment, and oh my god, she's Broly! is amazing because she is all the raw Broly and I'm sorry, yeah, sorry. Oh yeah, yeah Kale. Broly. Kale is all of that because that didn't happen. <laughs> But uh, Kale goes on a rampage, which, again, truncates a lot of fights from the anime because she just bodies a whole bunch of people who are supposed to get in fights. Those Universe 6 Namekians were supposed to have an entire thing with Piccolo, but nope, they just get ring out. They just get friendly fired out. The, the thing that fuses into the giant guy, that was like three episodes of the anime. Oh, and yeah. Kale just is like, nope, we're aborting this plot arc and throws them oh. out instantaneously, which honestly, I approve of. I, I love Kale because she is raw Broly energy. And the concern then isn't, oh, are we going to lose this? This is, oh, no, is she going to accidentally kill someone or try and attack someone who will suddenly shut this down? Because they know if they let her rampage, she'll die or they'll win. But something along the way is the actual concern. They could, she could potentially accidentally throw an attack at either the Grand Priest or one of the Zenos. At which point, you know, one of the Zenos is just going to eliminate everybody. I'll, either that or Kale will explode, which convinces them to cheat. Yeah, <laughs> because Khalifa went and stole the Patara from from the Universe Six Grand Kai. And then we get uh, everyone's favorite fusion. We get Kefla. She has all the charm of Khalifla, all the confidence, all the like, I'm just here to have a good time. I'm the best and know it. Combined with the raw power of Broly. And we don't get UI sign Goku versus Kefla. What we get instead is her versus Gohan, which the fight with Gohan is good. Well, it's it's really good because we've been shown how like ridiculously overpowered Kale is. Like strong people were concerned about her. Then she fused, making her even stronger. And Gohan proceeds to like say, "Hey, I'll one v one you. Aren't you gonna go Super Saiyan? Nah, I've given that up. I'd rather be a really strong human." Yeah, like, and it's just like I love that. I love Gohan not going to be like veering away from this direction of the series of let's just throw more Saiyans on it. I do appreciate, I did appreciate that in the long run. And we, and their fight happens off screen. <laughs> yeah. We do see and, some of it. And then they double knock out each other, which results in universe six getting defeated, which did have the very sweet moment between Champa and Beerus. Champa dies. <laughs> I've always hated you. Oh, man. We do skip the best part, though, where uh, the um, Grand Priest says, uh, he's like, hey, wait, that's cheating. They're using an outside item. Hey, Zenos, do you think this is fair that they're using an outside item? And Zenos is like, fusion really cool. Well, I guess it's acceptable. Six-year-old child. Yep. Rule by six-year-old child. Okay. Oh. So, um... Watchers of the anime will know that we have gotten pretty far into this and not once mentioned Ultra Instinct because that has not happened yet. The way that it happens is Roshi has bootleg ghetto Ultra Instinct because he's old man. I love that a lot. Like, I loved the, the bit with Master Roshi. I loved it too. 
it just came so out of left field for me that it threw me for such a loop. In all fairness, I've looked this up, and apparently Ultra Instinct in the manga is also portrayed completely different to how it is in the anime. In the anime, it looks like it, he's rippling with muscles, and like it's a secret unlocked power, whereas in the manga, it's portrayed as your body has reached a state where it fights on its own. The way that um, Ultra Instinct was originally presented in the anime was it was described that? that way and then did not become that. It was just another power-up. UI in the manga follows more what it was originally described as and actually stays that way. Which I thought was better. I will, gi I will, gi I will give the manga this. I thought that was a good improvement. Because we don't get, like, Super Saiyan Goku fighting Jiren. We get Ultra Instinct Goku, who is just taking advantage of, like, ridiculously small openings in Jiren's fighting style. And we get a great like line from Jiren where he's like taking advantage of other people's weaknesses isn't true strength and I'm like that is the go-to of Dragon Ball is you need to beat people with pure strength and this is Goku like realizing because Roshi told him exactly dude I thought you were a martial artist not someone who just lifted weights and punched things and Goku is like oh you're right I am a martial artist huh maybe I should use technique I did kind of forget that over the years didn't I one of the things uh, about Goku, again, up to the point where the series went off the rails, is Goku, there are two things that makes Goku a good fighter. He is unfathomably tenacious, and he is an absolutely fearless martial artist. Like, he has, uh, like, I think arguably canonically the best technique. There are just some people who are outright physically stronger than him. Um, and... I like the way that UI is presented, but here is a case where I'm going to praise Dragon Ball Super while simultaneously explaining why it fails. Because a really outstanding line is Jiren says, to, says, Son Goku, you will never be perfected. And Goku responds with, as he goes uh, UI sign, uh, he responds with, I wouldn't want to be perfected. That's the same as standing still. In the anime, Jiren was constantly standing still and constantly being portrayed as perfect. In the manga, he's moving around, chewing the scenery, participating from the start, and is shown as being not nearly as strong as he was in the anime. If that line from the manga was in the anime, that would be a, a huge hype moment. But it's in the wrong version! <laughs> I liked Jiren in the manga. I liked how he had something he wanted and wanted to get this tournament over as soon as possible. He Jiren, Jiren in isolation is a lot better in this version. Yes. A lot of the things that people didn't like about Jiren in the anime was remedied in the manga. Anyway, the best part is Goku gets this ultra instinct is beating up Jiren, taking advantage of him, but it's not enough. Yeah, Goku's... Uh, Goku can't maintain the Ultra Instinct. So he has to work together with Vegeta. Which I loved because, as earlier established, I'm a huge Vegeta stan. I am a huge Vegeta stan. Vegeta or I. Everybody's a huge Vegeta stan. love how we get... We get Weiss on the sidelines just looking so proud, and he's just... Everyone's just like, wow, why is their teamwork so good? And Weiss just goes, hey... You know how I was training them both at the same time? You thought it was because I was lazy. I was tricking them to work together. <laughs> yeah. Which I, 
I loved that. Yeah, that was perfect Weiss, and that, like, resolved any problems. Like, don't these two hate each other? Why do they work together so well? Ah, they were tricked into it. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I believe it. Sometimes you have to be tricked into cooperation. Unfortunately, it doesn't really last, because we... They use the same plot points from the anime. Vegeta gets bodied again. Yeah, hashtag Vegeta got hosed. Hashtag Um, Vegeta got hosed. Goku attains mastered ultra instinct. Oh no, wait, that this is after that. Yeah. Um, and then it's like it's up to Goku and Frieza, which was claims he blew, blew himself up. Skip over 17 kamikazeing himself. Yeah, we did skip over that because it's not actually what happened and it's not important. Yeah. Actually, it's super important because it's how they win the tournament, but <laughs> He's hiding under a rock. The he's been this entire time. All this has been going down for the past like twenty minutes. He's been lying under a rock. Like, man, this is the best plan ever. <laughs> yeah, the the ending to this is amazing because they trip Jiren, and like the, the implication is Jiren could probably keep fighting, but within the context of the tournament they're in, Frieza and Seventeen are well aware this isn't just fight. This is no, we do what's ever necessary to win. Because otherwise this ends bad. And Goku's just like, that's not fair. But then Frieza's like, I don't care. And then proceeds to sacrifice himself to knock the yeah, and to knock the two of them off. At which point 17 reveals he was under a rock and he can finally get his boat. And he wishes for all the universes back. Yeah, the obvious that thing that you yeah. knew was going to happen. And I just so remember- I, did, I, I did I gotta say this. I did really appreciate Seventeen's line in the manga, which was I just didn't want those two little gremlins to have their way. <laughs> which we say that. We say that, but what's the reason they were gonna erase universes anyway, because they were bored of keeping track of so many? Yes. Aren't they just gonna erase them again? <laughs> Apparently not. We yeah. wrap up, and unfortunately, just because of the nature of the manga, our chapter ran a little past the ending of the Tournament of Power, where we get my other favorite thing, where the Broly movie has two panels dedicated to it. Oh my god, it. the Broly yeah. movie gets resurrection f Well, but it has double the coverage, along with an apology that there wasn't enough room in the book to cover the epic battle of Vegeta versus Broly. Yep. Uh, uh, and... That's actually the other funny thing. They show flashbacks to the arc they didn't do later on. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, the, the Weiss training them happens in Resurrection F, apparently. Yeah. But, like, later they show, like, a full flashback of the fight against Frieza's minions from Resurrection F, like, before the Tournament of Power. Like, why, why would you foreshadow it, then not do it, then flashback to something you never did. Hey, it's time to wrap up because we have we have gotten to the we have gone and circled around the entire plot cul-de-sac of the Tournament of Power, and now it's time that we end. So, uh, everyone, favorite character, uh, as I have stated multiple times, uh, Vegeta and Frieza are the best ever, and I want to see more of them. <laughs> Um, so Vegeta and Frieza, obviously, because they have the best characterization in this, uh, Vegeta being a family man is my favorite part. He is constantly looking out for Trunks and Bulma and he's just a good person. At one point he has a line with Goku where he says, man, you may be a good person, but you're a terrible father. And that has so much weight coming from Vegeta, even though I would argue in a lot of cases in this manga we read, Goku was not a good person. He just accidentally lucked into doing good things. But that's beside the point. 
Um, but yeah, also, second favorite, I would say, is Gohan. Even though he gets crapped on a lot, there is the implication that he trains with Piccolo a lot, which he does. And just his fight with Kefla is amazing, because just him rejecting, like, going through Saiyan power-ups and all that nonsense just speaks to me about what I like about Dragon Ball, is crazy martial artists, which we don't get when we just have blonde hair people fighting all the time. <laughs> yep. So, Jay, favorite character for you? Um... Well, it's already been said, but I would have to say that Vegeta is number one for me as well for the same reasons. Um, he's all around good family man, even though he's super hot-headed, still selfish at times, bullheaded. He, it, I see him as being somewhat more... He is the realistic voice to Goku. I mean, I still see them as a, as a pairing, but I, I kind of, you know, see more reason with Vegeta and also the fact that he's just all around you know good person now and good father good husband everything and I'm just like so disappointed by Goku in Super I'm just I I like I said before I feel like this Goku is an imposter and I'm like who is this person this yep. is not my Goku thank you <laughs> my Goku thank you all right Jacob favorite character so something you liked trunks i love trunks in this mostly because it's the same trunks from the original series um and i've just always loved trunks trunks has always been my favorite character he's really really cool um he's the beginning of what i would say is probably my favorite arc of the of the franchise the uh big old grand finale um and um second favorite character definitely would be vegeta I don't like that they, and like this is going back to stuff that goes before Super, so this isn't entirely Super's fault, but like I don't like they skipped a bunch of character development for Vegeta because of circumstances. But I think Family Man Vegeta is fun. I, you know, and like it is sort of sad that there's a lot of cases where Vegeta points out plot holes in the story. Like he's genre savvy enough to realize what's going on and how stupid it all is. And yeah. That makes me both identify with him and feel really sorry for him that he has to be put through all of this. Vegeta does deserve better. Uh, favorite fights. It's kind of hard for me to say. Um, I, I, I really just, I have to go back to the tournament of destroyers. I really liked Goku versus uh, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't say much more. Yes. Yes. The old school fight. I would, I would, I commend your appreciation of it. Um, for me, even though half of it goes off screen, I absolutely love Kefla versus Gohan. That is, it has all the makings of a great fight of let's build up how pow ridiculously powerful this character is by throwing mooks at him and then have someone step in front of them and be like, yeah, I'm not worried about fighting you. And then the fact that they fight to a draw is just amazing. And yeah, I love I, it. I, I would say that my second favorite is the one preceding that of Golden Frieza versus the Universe Six Saiyans, because it has all the best things about Frieza and all the delightful stuff about uh, that group of scrawny punks <laughs> going and just doing cool fight stuff. Uh, I also can actually say favorite fights. 
I loved Vegeta versus Beerus in the very beginning. That's my Bulma! <laughs> I mean, that's fun. Amazing. Literally, it's the fight choreography. And, like, I re... You don't really read a fight scene so much. But I reread, so to say, that portion a couple of times because it's, you know, it's like the fight between base Goku and Frieza. It's like the fight between Vegeta and Goku on the times three Goku versus Vegeta. It's just a really well constructed and well-drawn fight. Second favorite, funnily enough, was someone's favorite was Goku versus Batamo. And my third favorite was Gohan versus Kefla. So I, if you want to read the super manga, well, Jay, what's your favorite fight? Favorite fight? I'm going to take you back. Well, I enjoy the Goku Black arc. I think one giant fight. You enjoyed the Goku Black arc? Yeah, I think I would have to go Goku versus Goku Black. It's just something about that dynamic of like fighting yourself but evil. Oh yeah, the versus yes, that was the good part of that arc before. <laughs> so if you're gonna read the super manga, just go back through what we just said and only read those sections. <laughs> would would y'all continue reading Dragon Ball Super? I do. I have no intention of continuing. Nope. I probably wouldn't on my own there's not the drive there although a part of me is curious because um the manga after we stop actually goes into toyotaro being the lead of it with just toriyama um toriyama is still listed as the lead but it's made clear that toyotaro is doing the thing and asking for approval rather than the other way around and i actually am really excited to see what he does when given the reins because I think it will give him some freedom. Although I'm not necessarily sure I'll enjoy what he does with that freedom, because he seems to have a very fan mindset when it comes to things, which I don't think is always great for a series. Fans are I've stupid. not heard... I've heard that its quality wildly varies, and... Oh, uh, cool. So it's similar to what we just read, then. Yeah, yeah. basically. That is, a, that is a valid take. I'm not going to bother asking you, Jacob. <laughs> I Look, almost just... didn't finish what we were supposed to do. Hey, hey, everyone listening, I'm going to give you a little tidbit. If you really want, we will read the next arc of Super, oh, and no, Jake will no. get just as salty. In advance, in advance, I hate you all. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Overmanga Cast. Remember to uh, subscribe and review the podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at OvermangaCast, where we uh, take screenshots of what we're reading and shitpost about them. Uh, you will see us laughing uproariously about <laughs> Resurrection F being a panel. And tune in next week where Jacob is going to have a good time. We're going to read Yu-Gi-Oh! That is not ironic. That is not facetious. Jacob is going to have a good time because we're going to read his other favorite manga. I won't be the salty one this time. I actually like this one. If you want to read along with us, it's chapters 1 through 40, the Death T arc. Good night, everybody.